You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. everybody this is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the vhs era and improv new stories straight off the top like chop tops flat top to imagine how we might improve our favorite movies tv and games i'm josh i'm mike and we were raised by rentals mike spooky season is nigh i like it spooky yeah it's (laughs) september and september is almost october and that's good enough for me it's time to get spooky All of September is Halloween Eve. Yes. (laughs) That makes perfect sense. I was talking with Christina today, my wife, for those of you who don't know, and she is really looking forward to me having some free time over the next couple of days so I can put up our 12-foot skeleton in the front yard. I'm so excited. We got one from Home Depot. I want one. I haven't bought one yet, but yet being the key word there <laughs> it will one ha- it will one day happen <laughs> well they're kind of a bitch to get when they were first went on sale a couple of years ago i literally was in home depot and they had them on sale and i remember asking about them but it was like 350 dollars, and mm. i was like eh, i really want one christina really wants one but that's eh, pricey for our lawn decoration and then the very next year i almost bought the floor model because i wanted one so bad but they told me that they had sold out months ago and this was only in like august or september and i tried to buy the floor model which they were going to sell to me because they were sold out anyway but it was like missing some pieces from people like fucking with it in the store and then I started looking for it online, trying to pre-order it, and I found out that there's this whole, like, subculture. There's this whole Facebook group and these people online who all have these 12-foot Home Depot skeletons, and they, like, brag about it. And I didn't realize that it was kind of this exclusive thing because they only sell a limited amount every year, and they're only on sale for, like, a month now that before they sell out, now that mm-hmm. they're, like, popular. And they don't put up any of their holiday decorations, Home Depot doesn't, uh, ahead of time for pre-order. You can only get them during the season when they have, like, the seasonal stuff on on sale, either online or in the store. And I'm like, ah, ah." so I actually did join or I visited one of these online groups to kind of get the skinny on. Like, how do I get one of these? So I started looking for pre-orders and I set up, like, a custom internet search that whenever – certain keywords would show up on the homedepot.com website that I would get an email that, you know, it's coming. And I did eventually find out that they were going to launch their Halloween online pre-order or their online uh, uh, seasonal items starting in July. They were going to do it early this year. So July, like it was like the second week of July, I think. And I was there online. The second the fucking order came up, boom, I placed my order. And then I had to go pick it up like a week later because it wasn't a pre-order. Like they had them in the store. And by the time I went to go pick mine up, they were already sold out and they never even put the floor model out (laughs) at my local Home Depot. Yeah. (laughs) I had to like fucking hunt that shit. There's a guy uh, at the end of my street, like like right when you turn at the end of my street, there's this house who has was that four of the giant ones. He has uh, two of the regular ones and two of the ones that kind of look like they're um, 
don't know if you want to call it like like scarecrowish type. You know, mm-hmm. they got like the oh, weird yeah. fine crap all over. Them. He's got yeah. two of those, but then he has a whole porch full of like the just life size skeletons. So he always sets up the life size skeletons like they're having a party on the porch. And then <laughs> nice. he has like the two big ones in the front yard and then the two other big ones in the side yard. So it's like all of September and October when I pass that house on the way to pick up Caleb, there's just like these giant skeletons everywhere. And it's like, I always look at them like, ah, oh, it's, it's, it's spoopy season. Hey, <laughs> no, it's the, time. It's all the skeletons time. are out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Ever since we moved into our new house, I have bought a new life-size skeleton for the porch, except for one year. So we've been here for four years and I have three, but it was kind of like nice. this thing where I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start. Every year I'm just going to buy a new one. And we bought a dog one one year, and then I have a glow-in-the-dark one, and just like a regular, like, uh, human skeleton. Yeah, we just we put them on the front porch and cover them in cobwebs and shit, and it's fun. And the, oh, yeah. the one that glows in the dark actually has LEDs in it, too, so it lights up. That's the one that I I hid in Tegan's bed one day, and I turned all the LEDs <laughs> on, and I, like, cut the power to their room so they couldn't turn the light on. And I was, like, waiting with the camera to, like, take a picture of their reaction, thinking I was going to get a good jump scare. And no, Tegan just opened the door and was like, oh, hey. Hey, and they just closed the door like nothing was going on. They're like, you don't even have power in there. What are you doing? <laughs> they were like, well, there's LEDs on the skeletons, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. I can see just fine. I'm like, God damn it. I store okay. them in my attic. So whenever people come to do service on like my, my AC unit or anything, they open up the attic door and there's skeletons literally hanging from the ceiling over the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, but see, you know, I, I have a guy down like down my street that we always head to his house when trick or treating. But one year he had I think he's got like four or five of the, the life size ones. I know he has he has enough to like make a group out of. Um, But the one year he had him dressed all up like pirates. And it was it was just so cool. Like he had one of them like hanging from a rope, like from his porch, <laughs> like they were climbing up the side of the house. He had nice. another one with a dagger between its teeth and an eye patch. Like <laughs> I, I just thought it was really fun. I was like, I like the skeleton pirates are storming his house. <laughs> That's cool. There's a neighborhood, one or two subdivisions over. And there's a guy who has a whole shitload of life-size skeletons and also horses and oh, every wow. year every year he puts them out and it's like a bunch of like dudes on horses with like swords and like pistols like it's pretty cool <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah i don't know where he got the horses from but like it's pretty fucking cool anyway anyway we got all carried away getting all excited about spooky season uh while it's a uh, fucking hundred degrees still here in <laughs> texas where i live <laughs> oh f that man i could not do it yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually got below a hundred a couple times this past week, which is like, woohoo! Finally, it's getting cold. <laughs> it was only ninety-seven. <laughs> I was complaining because it was like seventy-two yesterday. Uh, I was like, Ugh, it's too warm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would love that. I would love to be able to put a jacket on or fucking put some long pants on. I've been wearing shorts for months. <laughs> I get fucking sick of them. But anyway, spooky season has begun. But also, it's September. It's back to school month. We talked about that in our last episode, and we mentioned last episode that we were going to have another episode where we had a kind of a back to school theme. And so this is going to be our episode where we transition from back to school into spooky season because we do have a movie that we want to talk about that's about school, but we're going to go dark with it. We're going to do something kind of fun and different with it and, and get ourselves like geared up for spooky season. And then we're going to have like four more Halloween themed episodes. So like get ready, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yep. We, 
we always talk about not wanting to do everything horror, but we're, we're just not going to apologize over the next couple of weeks, like, or next, you know, what, five weeks, six weeks. We're just going to go for it because it's, uh, we finally have an excuse to just go everything uh, spooky and dark and fun. So uh, mm-hmm. we're just going to lean into it. And today we are going to do something we don't normally do that often, but it was one of our original ideas when we first started the Raised by Rentals program, which is to take a movie and kind of throw the story out and retell it in a different way, completely different from the original version. Not because it's bad, but just because we think it would be fun if they did it differently. So mm-hmm. we are going to imagine what The Breakfast Club would be like if it were a murder mystery. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Uh, is this our first John Hughes movie? Oh, uh, no, we did I, Weird Science. I forgot. Yeah, I, I actually had that in my notes. Like, we finally get to do John Hughes, but well, never mind. We did that with Weird Science. <laughs> I always forgot about, about that. Though. Yeah, me too. I always forget about Weird Science. I don't know why. It doesn't seem like a John Hughes movie. You know, yeah. I, I think of 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's these sort of genre twists that he does occasionally that – uh, even with like Home Alone, like I know he didn't direct it, but he wrote that. It doesn't feel like a John Hughes movie just because I think it's the holiday connection. Right. But I think The Breakfast Club is the quintessential John Hughes movie. Between this one and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, this is what you show somebody when you want to explain to them what a John Hughes movie is like. Mm-hmm. Right. Totally, and I totally agree. I personally prefer Ferris Bueller's Day Off as a movie. But I think in terms of boiling down John Hughes to its pure John Hughesness, I don't think you could do any better than The Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. But, you know, I, I have to say, much like our last movie, this is another one of those 80s movies that doesn't have much of a point. In fact, the, the only point seems to be like, you know what? Being a kid sucks. There's a lot yeah. of expectations put on you that, uh, you know, you can't live up to and and it sucks trying like that's really all it felt like yeah it's it's an exercise in putting characters into a room and twist twisting the keys on their backs and just letting them go you know just mm-hmm. seeing what happens it's extremely dialogue driven and very much like reservoir dogs is a very dialogue heavy movie that really lets the actor's ability to you know deliver zingers it really shines in mm-hmm. reservoir dogs but there's still a plot to the movie you know there's a right. plot of <laughs> not getting caught for the diamond heist and like one of us is a cop you know mm-hmm. um whereas in the breakfast club the only plot is five very different students of this suburban chicago high school are sent to Saturday day-long detention. They all show up, and then they're just supposed to sit there doing nothing all day, where I guess their punishment is boredom. <laughs> right. <know? laughs> well, remember, they have to write an essay. Oh, <laughs> a, yeah, yeah. a thousand words, and that essay was not a thousand words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> a thousand-word essay. But yeah, let, let, let's let's examine this for a minute. Like, like, like first of all... Um, <laughs> They, they're dropped into, like, the world's biggest library in a school. Like, I, I don't know about your school, but my school didn't look anywhere near that fucking fancy in the library. Um, no. There, there well, was no two floors and, like, you know, it was crazy. 
Yeah, wherever Shermer, Illinois is, these are some rich ass people who apparently have a lot of fucking problems for being rich because right. you know Ferris Bueller and Cameron both came from big ass suburban houses. And have you seen Kevin McAllister's house in <laughs> exactly. Home Alone? Like Jesus Christ! Like what does his dad do for a living? These well, are some rich ass people. Let's be fair now. Kevin's dad is in the witness protection program after the whole Chud incident. Yes, so. I, he, he got bought <laughs> off by the government, so, so he wouldn't his, say anything. His wealth makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I like, know. so all of these characters, they're they're the you know the stereotypical archetypes. I mean, let, let's let's name them like they name them in the movie. There's the brain, the athlete, the basket case, the princess, and the criminal. So they're all basically you know the the slut, the jock, the nerd, like all of the archetypes that we think of. When, uh, you know, when when we think of like teen movies, um, but yeah, like for sure in my high school, it would have been exactly that it would have been the slut, the jock, the nerd, the weirdo and the rocker. That's how we would have. <laughs> yep. <defined them>. Yeah, <laughs> it's 100 percent. Yeah, it's I don't know. There, there's there's a lot here that seems really cool. And don't get me wrong, much like back to school. I really like this movie. This is one of those movies. If I'm watching it. I'm happy. Like, it's a good flick. I like all the actors. I like, you know, the I, I like the weird little vignettes that we get with them. Like, oh, they're all going to get high and dance around. Whatever. It's fun. It doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> but, you know, because like, oh, God. OK, so Vernon makes this huge deal about, you know, how they're supposed to be quiet. They're not supposed to make any noise. They're, not, they're supposed to be sitting there doing their essays, blah, blah, blah. The moment the door closes, no one can hear anymore. They got fucking music blasting. They're 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 smoking pot. They're dancing around. They're breaking shit. Like Bender, like breaks half the library at one point. It's like nobody hears this. Yeah, well, there's even that sequence where the vice principal, Richard Vernon, goes through this whole back and forth with Bender, where he gives him more Saturday detentions and more and more and more and more. And then when he finally leaves, the second the door closes, the second he's still standing in the hallway, Bender gets up and yells, fuck you. And he just kind of like cocks his head like, oh, did I hear something? Oh, must have been the wind and like walks away. Right. <laughs> I was like. You just closed the door. It's like an inch and a half of of hollow particle board. There's no way you didn't hear him scream at you. you know? Exactly. Well, and speaking of that, like, how the fuck did no one hear? How did Carl not hear? And how did Vernon not hear when they're running through the halls and they're like at the end of the hall and like Vernon's just like whistling, walking around and they're like literally running down the hall. Have you ever been in a hallway where there's only one other person? Every footstep echoes like crazy. Yeah, you know? it's super fucking loud. I think that there I think that John Hughes might have thought of that when he had Vernon go down into the basement to like look through secret files and end up hanging out drinking coffee with Carl the janitor. Like maybe that was an attempt to kind of take him off the stage long enough for the teens to kind of go nuts. But it came, It comes too late in the movie for it to really make any kind of sense, you know? Well, not only that, but they we see them, like, running down the hall, and then they see Vernon at the end of the hall, and it's like, oh, no, 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 go the other way, and they go around, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. and it's like, they would have heard you. <laughs> like, yeah, it's 
it's a silly movie, but it's an entire movie that's just based on the concept of get five kids from five very different social cliques and social statuses at a high school, put them together in a room and just have them bitch and moan and whine and, you know, open up their hearts and they all become friends at the end of the day. And that was it. I mean, that's really what it's all about. It's, it's, you know, it's sort of a cathartic movie. And I think that when I was younger, I definitely liked it more from the perspective of I felt like I could relate, you know, to characters in the movie. I think that I probably related to Brian the most. Not that I was exactly like Brian, yeah. but I was kind of like the nerdy smart kid in school. And, yep. <laughs> you know, that, that. and so I think watching this movie, I could probably believe that this kind of situation could happen and when i was a in high school especially when i was a senior i did start to fall into more of like the popular crowd because of the classes that i was in you know ending up in Mm -hmm. ap classes and college level math you end up in smaller classes with the high achievers and the high achievers are either going to be the super nerdy smart kids or the you know the the pretty princesses and the, the jock bros the ones whose parents demand, you know, a lot from them. So you have these straight A students who are either there because it's easy to get straight A's or because they really work hard because they have so much pressure at home from their parents. And so you end up in these math courses like I did where there was like 12 of us, a tiny class, and it was all the popular girls and all the nerdy guys. <laughs> <You know>? Right. <laughs> But you're in class every day, all day, and so we did start to become friends. And and I think by the time at least I was in senior year, those lines between these social groups really started to blur. And it didn't it didn't matter as much if you were a popular girl or a nerdy kid or a jock or whatever. And I think we all started to get along better by senior year. So I mm-hmm. think it was believable to me when I was in high school. But as an adult, it seems really far fetched. Oh yeah, like. Yeah, (laughs) a lot of the relationships in this movie are are very far fetched. Um, But but I do do have two things I want to ask about. Number one, what the fuck is a Neo Maxi Zoomed Weeby? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) No clue. Now, now to be fair, I know that John Hughes is is known for letting his actors ad lib. In fact, there's the whole sequence in this movie where they're talking about their backstory they're like giving their reasons why they're at detention they're giving their reasons like what's you know like what their home life is like and all that pretty much all of that was ad-libbed um and i know a lot of bender's lines were also ad-libbed and apparently that's one of them but i'd really like to know what the fuck a neo maxi zoom dweeby is uh (laughs) just because i'm like i never heard it before this film i've never heard it outside of this film (laughs) I don't think you ever will because <laughs> no. I'm pretty sure Judd Nelson just made that shit up on the spot. <laughs> it's, yep. It sounds so silly. Um, but, yeah, I will say I, for me, my biggest criticism though is not so much how potentially unbelievable the scenario is of these, you know, very different kids coming together and growing so close, so fast to the point where some of them even kind of like fall for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, But to me, the thing that I dislike the most about the movie is the character I used to like the most, which is Bender. I used to love Bender as a kid because even though he was kind of a bully, he wasn't 
the typical bully who would kick your ass in the cafeteria or something or show you up in gym class. He was just kind of the jerk. And in my school, he would be one of the rockers, one of the punks. He'd be one of the people smoking outside before school. And, you know, they were all kind of assholes to everybody. But we all kind of looked up to him anyway because, man, they're assholes to everybody. Like, they kind of get away with it. You know, mm-hmm. they, don't get, they don't give a fuck. And we used to think that that was cool. But now oh, yeah. I, I listen to him rant in this movie and I just want to scream like, shut the fuck up, you self-righteous prick. You're such a <laughs> dick. <laughs> yep. Yep. I totally agree. See, now my biggest problem with the movie is the title. Why the fuck are they called The Breakfast Club? Yeah, I wish they would have explained it in the movie. You know, I looked it up and it makes sense when I hear it that apparently John Hughes had a friend whose son was complaining about having to go to detention before school. And it was like early school detention, which they had at my school. And I do remember that. Oh, yeah. That apparently he and his friends would have to go a lot. And they were jokingly referred to it as got to go meet the breakfast club. You know, right. Uh, and and so see, he, that makes sense. Yeah. And he thought it was a cool title, but like it doesn't really apply because it's not before school. It's on Saturday and they eat lunch. They don't eat breakfast and they never explain it in the movie at any point. But yet they say it in the movie at the very yep. end. So you're just left wondering the fuck. <laughs> like, why are you guys called the breakfast club? <laughs> That's and that always irritated me. <laughs> like. It yeah. just never made sense to me. I'm like, you guys don't eat breakfast there at all. It's not. I mean, yeah, it starts early in the morning, but so does school. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you call school the breakfast club? I like, know. come on. I mean, realistically, it probably was in John Hughes's script. But like you said, they improv so much of the movie. I would be really curious to see what the script looks like. And I know it's available online, but mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't bother to go and find it. But so much of the movie was completely ad libbed that I wonder what the script even looks like. It has to be really different. Oh, well, and, and he he wrote it in two days uh, <laughs> yeah. from, from what I saw in the trivia. Like he wrote it, I forget what year it was, but it was July 4th and 5th and he wrote this uh, script. So, and I know, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I know professional writers can crank out a script in, in no time flat. Um, you know, I mean, hell, you and I, we're not professional by any means, but I know you and I used to crank out scripts left and right. So I get that it's, you know, it's very possible, but it feels like there was no polish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like he yeah. was just like. He wrote this idea that's a really fun idea, and he wrote a collection of scenes that are all really fun scenes, but there's no connective tissue, really. It's just like, hey, this is, you know, high school life. And yeah. it's cool. It's a good movie. Like, I'm not knocking it, but, I mean, as far as, like, a point, there's not mm-hmm. much of a point to the film. Again, I would wonder how much is in the original script. I do know from the trivia, too, that there were several characters who were cut out. There was... Uh, Andrew, the jock, his dad, who's briefly in one scene, but he had a larger role. Bender's dad was actually in the movie and not just mentioned. And there was this teacher that was like really sympathetic who like literally comes and checks on them, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, probably played by Edie McClurg, you know, (laughs) (laughs) probably. Uh, And there was like a gym teacher who like tries to get Andrew out of detention because, you know, he's got to practice, you know, for that Mm -hmm. wrestling wrestling match next weekend. And so I know that there was more to it. And like we said before, so much of it is ad libbed and some of the really big, important scenes like the sequence where they're all admitting to each other why they're really there and what 
they're you know sort of really afraid of and they all kind of become uh, you know vulnerable and open up to each other that was completely ad-libbed and so i would suspect that John Hughes probably never even bothered to explain why any of them were there and was just going into it expecting that this was going to be this like ensemble ad lib piece. And part of why I say that too is because he had a really hard time getting funding. He had a really hard time getting the studio to approve him as the director, even though he had just directed uh, 16 Candles, which was, or was it Pretty in Pink? I forget which one comes before this, but he had uh, just I think, directed. I think Pretty in Pink, but yeah. Yeah. He had just directed a hit movie and, mm-hmm. you know, should have been able to follow it up with another movie, but couldn't get the studio uh, at first to back him. And it's probably because the script sucked. I mean, let's be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially if there were big chunks that were like, we'll figure it out later, like, you know, dialogue wise. Exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's why we're here. And I think what you and I should do, what you know, we agreed to do before we started this is let's take the basic elements of the Breakfast Club, the setup, the characters, but let's add a plot to it that the movie doesn't have. And because it's spooky season, you know, <laughs> we'll go dark with it and we'll say, what if the Breakfast Club was a murder mystery? Dun, dun, dun. Deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> no, <right? laughs> yeah, so... Quick setup. Again, you guys have listening have all seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, I don't know why you would listen to our show if you haven't watched <laughs> our first movies. It's kind of a disconnect. But if you do, welcome. We love you. Please keep listening. Don't be offended. Uh, the Breakfast Club is a great movie. Don't stop the podcast to go watch it because we're not really going to spoil much. But, you know, 1985, John Hughes, quintessential 80s Brat Pack movie starring Judd Nelson, Molly Ringwald, Emilio Estevez, Anthony Michael Hall, Ali Sheedy. Paul Gleason, who I love from Die Hard, and uh, John, is it Capellos, who plays Carl the janitor? I think not, that's his name. Yeah, uh, Capellos or Capellos, I just don't know how to pronounce it, but it's basically seven characters in the whole movie, and you know mm-hmm. they're basically stuck in Saturday detention, and they just all kind of have a big heart-to-heart for about eight and a half hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so instead, we're going to take these archetypes of the brain the athlete, the rebel, the basket case, and who am I forgetting? The princess. And yep. we are going, yeah, there you go. And we're going to, we're going to add a plot and we're going to say, you know, that again, this goes dark. We're going to add a body count. So <laughs> how do we get started, Mike? What do we do? Uh, well, I think right off the bat, we'd have to change uh, a couple of little things. So, I mean, I don't know if we want to, change where we find out why they're in detention or if we want to save that for you know when the kids are talking to each other but still i feel like the reasoning for the detentions needs to be a little more aggressive in some cases because let's be honest in in the actual movie (laughs) andrew is there because he taped a hairy guy's butt cheeks together um (laughs) which is just fucking weird you know uh you know, Brian is there because he brought a flare gun to school, and I'm not sure what he was planning on doing. He was going on about how he was he took tech class for an easy A, and then they were supposed to make these elephant lamps, and the trunk was supposed to turn the lamp on, but his didn't work, and he tried really hard, and, and now he's got a, you know, he had a failing grade, and that brought his whole grade point average down. He's like, and I, I can't have that. I can't have that. 
What was he going to do with the flare gun? Was he going to destroy the project? Was he going to kill the teacher? Was he going to kill himself? They never explained, but it was a fucking flare gun. Um, so let, let's not go that stupid with it. Uh, same thing with Allison. She's there because she had nothing better to do. So, like, I mean, right there, I don't buy it because, of course, they're going to any anyone who has ever been in detention ever. They're like, what's your name? And they look at the list to make sure you're supposed to be there. Yeah, like which Vernon doesn't do. He doesn't bother to take attendance. He's just like, no. cool, cool, five kids. Now shut up, and I'm gonna be in the other room drinking coffee. <laughs> right. It's like so. So like you know, we need her to have a reason to be there. And I and I think because we have a scene with her uh, stealing Brian's wallet, um, we should play up that klepto angle and be like, you know, because nobody pays attention to her. That's the whole backstory with her family is her entire family. You know, she's invisible to them. Like, they don't pay attention to her whatsoever. In fact, we even see that when they drop her off and she, like, goes to say goodbye and they pull off before she can even say anything. Um, so, like, they, her family clearly doesn't care. So, yeah, let's have her. her she's there because she stole, like, 20 bucks from her, her math teacher's purse or something like that. Um, you know, got caught. So she's, she's a little klepto. Um, for Brian, I, I like the idea of, because he's the nerd, let's have it be a bully situation. Instead of it being... Oh, God, I, I, I failed tech class because, you know, I thought it was an easy A because only losers take tech. Right. Which is kind of a dick move on his part. Um, but, yeah, let's have it be a bully situation where he's been getting picked on. You know, maybe it's maybe it's popular kids. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's that type of bully where it's like every like the teachers all love him, mm-hmm. you know, because he's popular, comes from an affluent family, all that. But he's a real dick to like the nerds and like the losers of the school, um, you know, kind of one of those types of bullies. So yeah, maybe he's like, he's picking on Brian and instead of Brian bringing a flare gun being, you know, being the nerd that he is, I'm sure he would have access to like models and model kits and all that. Maybe he brings like a replica of a gun, like a fake gun to try to scare the bully. And uh, then, you know, ends up getting caught and, you know, obviously both, you know, the bully and Brian get taken down to the principal's office, yada, yada, yada. And have this whole sequence where they find out it's a fake gun. So instead of uh, expelling such a bright student, they're like, you know, you have a month detention or something like that. You know, like he he gets he gets punished, which, of course, for someone like Brian, who has to be perfect all the time, that's going to fucking crush him. Um, so I, I want to have each of these characters have more mm-hmm. of a a reason to be at detention. I think like Andrew maybe he fucking snaps and like picks on somebody or does something stupid, like shoves a kid in the locker and the kid has like a panic attack or so, you know, something that seems like kind of innocuous, like an innocuous bully move, mm-hmm. but it ended up really bad for the kids. So he got in a lot of trouble, um, you know, and then, yeah, Claire, we can just keep her skipping school. Cause that seems like a very princess thing to do. I went <laughs> shopping, you know, that yeah. type of thing. Oh yeah, um, for sure. And- and Bender, there's a laundry list we could pick from. You know, maybe it was fighting, uh, you know, could have been stealing, could have been smoking in the class, something, you know, something stupid. Or hell, maybe he, uh, maybe he ended up beating up the kid that was picking on Brian. So you have like uh, the kid is beating on Brian, and, and maybe he sees it and is like, you know, that's that's fucking dirty. You know, like you, you little bastard. Everyone loves you, and you're picking on this kid. I'll get you. And he beats the shit out of him, and then he gets in trouble for it or something like that. Yeah, I can definitely see that that being the case. I don't want to be in a big hurry to, you know, to reveal all of this. I think this is all good information that we can kind of dribble out as the movie progresses. And especially if this is going to be a murder mystery that we need to have 
characters, you know, suspecting each other of, right. you know, of, and we haven't gotten to the murder aspect of it yet, but at some point there's going to be characters accusing, you know, this person or that person. And I think we can kind of slowly learn this information. Like there was a sequence in the real movie where the, the scene where they're all sitting around, you know, confessing to each other and Andrew, the jock, uh, Emilio Estevez's character, he tells a story about, uh, taping that kid's butt cheeks together. And I forget the character's name, but he mentions it was something Lester, right? He mentions, yeah. he's like, oh, you know him? And then Brian looks at him like, yeah, I know him. And you could tell that was probably one of Brian's friends. And he was like maybe embarrassed to say, you know? Yeah. And I could see that kind of reaction where if at some point we find out, you know, why Bender is there. Later in the movie, we find out, you know, Brender can say something like, you want to know why I'm here? It's because I kicked that dude's ass or whatever. And then have Brian be like, that was you, you know? And it's like that same kind of reaction where he's almost doesn't want to say anything else because he's afraid of Bender and he doesn't want to admit that, you know, he got beat up by a bully or whatever, but let's just kind of have this little moment where Brian realizes, wait, I didn't know that was you, you know, who, and because we don't see it, you know, we just find out kind of, kind of about it later. Um, Right. But yeah, I think that this is all, this is all really good. I do want to include the joke with Allison where she talks about how she didn't have anything better to do, but Mm -hmm. you know, but like everything else in the movie, it's a lie because she's a compulsive liar. Right. And and I think that's made up. That's a fun angle to play with because she, she not only is like a little bit of a klepto, but she's constantly lying about who she is. So I think that's something we can play with throughout this. Yeah. And I think, what the real movie did well, what it probably did the best was to highlight the fact that each of these characters, these kids that come from these very, very different social backgrounds and are in very different circles at school and fall into these different stereotypes. But it basically all goes back to family pressures it all goes back to their family environment you know andrew had a lot of pressure from his dad to be number one and to always you know be on top and to never lose and you know claire had pressure from her parents to be perfect and brian had pressure from his parents to always get straight a's and never you know fail anything and uh allison was ignored by her family for the most part and then you know bender had a very uh contentious relationship with his dad or maybe it was a stepdad i don't remember if they ever mentioned that but the fact is you know he basically was being abused by his parents right down to the fact mm-hmm. that he had a cigar burn on his arm you know, and I think that that's an interesting thing to keep in mind that whatever they're there, because whatever it is that they did that got them to be in detention, I definitely mm-hmm. want to keep that, you know, family drama in mind as we move forward. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I think this is a great place to start. I think the way the movie begins is awesome. I love the fucking soundtrack. It's such, such a great song. It's by Simple Minds, right? Mm-hmm. Such a great, such a great song. I like the way that all the characters are introduced, you get a little glimpse into each of their family situations as they're being dropped off by their parents or in Bender's case, you know, walking on his own and they all get into the library. They're all kind of sizing each other up. And I think that this whole opening sequence makes sense. And I love the character of Richard Vernon, the vice principal uh, played by Paul Gleason. <laughs> it's funny. I look, I looked him up cause I knew he's in other movies like in Die Hard. I love him in Die Hard, but I looked him up online to see, is there some other movie that he was in that maybe I'm not thinking of some other like big role. And of course 
like we mentioned in the last episode, that he's a really, really great character actor. We could go on and on. I won't, but I love how Wikipedia describes his character in Die Hard as the blowhard police chief. And <laughs> I, I just think that that's such a perfect adjective to describe his character in both movies as the, <laughs> the, the blowhard. The blowhard. Like, so perfect. He has this perfect, arrogant authoritarian approach to the students where you know he bangs into the library and is basically just like okay you're all in detention everyone sit down shut up don't do anything <laughs> don't give me any lip if you mess with the bowl you get the horns <laughs> <laughs> which is one of those phrases i remember people using and i always thought was corny yeah, you so mess so with the bull, you get the horns like <sighs> really <laughs> to me i equate that threat to the kind of thing that a person says when they have no idea how to like threaten people or how to like lay the hammer down or how to get serious. <laughs> it's like saying like, if you mess with me, I'm going to kill you. Like, really? Are you really going to kill me? Like, seriously, is that the best you can do to say, yep. you know, mess with the bull, you get the horns. Like, are you so unimaginative? That's the only thing that you can say. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, but it's perfect for the character because, you know, he's pathetic. He has, uh, this power trip because he's a vice principal at a suburban high school <laughs> <laughs> and he feels like the kids don't respect him yeah. and it's like yeah they, they don't <laughs> no not at all um but i i would love to actually expand his character a little bit you know in, well not his character i'd like to expand his speeches a little bit i think i would love to just see him go off a little bit more kind of like alec baldwin and like glenn glary Gun ross you know really let him <laughs> chew the scenery a little bit you know trod the boards and like get all of these corny lines out because i just love him so much that if we were going to remake the movie i would give him a longer speech <laughs> oh yeah no he would definitely have to have uh quite a few talky moments before he's taken out of the uh taken out of the film Ooh, spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying like we we don't we, we only get so much of him in the original movie i'm not saying he's yeah. gonna die yeah i'm I just know. saying i'm just saying he does kind of disappear at one point i noticed that today when yeah. i was watching the movie again i watched it recently you know critically for the first time which is kind of weird watching it that way because even though i've seen the breakfast club i don't know dozens of times probably it felt very new when I was actually sitting down and trying to pay attention, you know, um, and I put it on again in the background earlier today while I was doing dishes, just, you know, to kind of get it in my head. Um, and uh, I realized that at one point he kind of disappears from the movie after he catches yeah. Bender in the uh, in the gym playing basketball. He's just gone. Like, I don't think we see him again after that. Right. Well, we, we get the back and forth with him and Carl. And yeah. like where they're down in the file room or whatever, and they're they're sitting there like having a beer, and uh, that's the la that's like the literally the last time we see him because he talks about like how these kids don't respect him, blah blah blah. Carl tells him like, well, think about when you were when you were their age, would you have respected you? You know <laughs> that whole thing, and then then that's it. That's 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 all we get. Yeah, he's kind of just going. Yeah, we don't even see him. When the kids get released, you know, you'd think he would come back in, you know, to like let him go. And they'd all be sitting there like pretty little angels, you know, right? Uh, <laughs> after all the bullshit they did. And then, uh, or the, you know, one of those like 
typical 80s scenes where everybody leaves and then you hear somebody yell, you know, like, what the hell happened in here? You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that whole library would have been fucking trash. Oh, yeah. Like at the end of Home Alone, when you hear, when you hear Buzz yell, Kevin, what did you do to my room? Yep. <laughs> you know, that exact kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so we, I like this whole opening sequence. There's no reason to change it. We can introduce all of the characters. We get to have, you know, Vernon come in and, and have his little asshole speech. And then he goes off. And then you were left with the five students in the library. Now, right off the bat, one thing that I questioned watching it critically this most recent time was, why did they even fucking show up? Like, I, like I know that they have detention, but <laughs> like, this is dumb to come in on a Saturday and then just to sit there all day. Like, I would really be questioning how many kids get Saturday detention and just like never, never bother to show up. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> I Absolutely. was, I was. I was really wondering, like, Bender is the one I was most wondering. If Brian, yeah, sure. Claire, okay, fine. Yeah, he shows up. You know, Andrew, his dad basically made him go. But why does Bender even show up to mm-hmm. this Saturday detention? It doesn't really make any sense. I kept thinking that there might have been more to it uh, other than just, hey, we want to make a movie, so they got to be there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, okay. I, I, I think the whole Saturday detention thing is, is a little strange. Like, I, I know that it is a thing. Like, I, I understand, like, my school did have Saturday detention. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's strange that, you know, someone like Bender would show. Yeah, it's weird. I, I remember, I never really got in trouble when I was in school that much. You know, I was, I guess I was kind of a good at two shoes, but mostly it was just because I always felt like it was easier to just show up and get shit done and then have to be hassled all the time. I really just hated being hassled. I didn't want to stay after school. I don't want to join your fucking club. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 like when I, I was in the band in middle school and I had to like go to concerts on the weekends and stay late after school and I fucking hated it. I was like, I don't want to be at school any more than I have to. So yep. it was just a matter of like, yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of a smart guy and, you know, school wasn't that hard. So I would just go and get my shit done and leave. And I didn't want any more drama in my life. And I think that that was kind of my my motivation to just toe the line. And it wasn't Same. until I got it wasn't until I got to senior year. I joined the yearbook staff, not because I gave a fuck about school clubs, but because I had friends who were on the yearbook staff and this was the late nineties and there weren't a lot of computers in the school. We had some and the yearbook club had their own room. It was an old science lab in the back of one of the science classes with a cool teacher who had that classroom, Mrs. Lang, and they had their own computer and my friends, a few of my friends who joined the club were telling me how it was awesome because they would like work on the yearbook on the computer, like laying out pages and getting to use these you know old school like Adobe programs. And it was cool. But then they would just hang out the rest of the time and like play Duke Nukem and Redneck Rampage on the computer. And they had, they had, a, co- <laughs> they had a coffee maker and they would just like hang out. And so I joined because it was like a clubhouse. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we and you weren't allowed to join those types of clubs unless you had good grades. So we were all like A students, we were good kids, and Mrs. Lang didn't give a fuck what the good kids did. So we would literally just hang out in the yearbook room all the time, even when we weren't working on shit, even when we didn't have to, just because it was like, there's a computer and a coffee maker, and there's a lab desk where I can like lay down and take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, sounds about right. And it was fucking great. And that was the only time that I ever really, you know, 
cut class or did anything really stupid when I was in high school because Mrs. Lang didn't give a shit, you know, and we could get away with things only because in her view, you guys are getting straight A's, right? I don't give a fuck. You know, mm-hmm. and we, so I never cut class and I never did anything really bad till senior year because it was like, cool, now I can get away with it only because I didn't want to deal with the hassle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's funny. But hey. no, I mean, that's kind of the same reason that I was a, a good kid in, in school was that I didn't want to spend any more time than I had to. I only ever got the, I got in school detention once and uh, it, it was for fighting. You know, it was basically I had a kid fucking with me and I shoved him up against the locker and started yelling at him and we both got in trouble. <laughs> and that, and yeah. that was that. <laughs> yeah, that um, happened a few times. Yeah, that happened a few times. I had the in-school retention where it would just be instead of study hall, I would go sit in like the detention class, like whatever. There, there was one that I thought was hilarious that that I ended up getting in trouble for that I didn't even do anything. The kid behind me threw a paper airplane. And we used to have this teacher, Mr. Wilson, um, in eighth grade. He threw one of those, you know, the little paper gliders that would kind of do like the little loop-de-loops? Mm-hmm. He threw one of those, and it bopped the teacher in the head. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he turned around because it came from my side of the class. He basically pointed at me, thought it was me, and the kid behind me was just like, staying quiet. I'm like, you asshole. So I got in trouble, but I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I told my parents it wasn't me, and they were they were pissed off, but... You know, I, there's nothing that stuck with me. So I yeah. just basically <laughs> sat in in-school detention for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, th- again, the few times it happened to me was always dumb shit like that. Like, yeah, I got in a couple of, like, scuffles. or For me, it was really more of, like, I would lose my temper and scream at somebody in the hallway and yep. tell, them to, tell them to fuck off. And then I'd get in trouble. And, you know, it didn't happen that often. But for me, it was like, cool, now I can just do my homework and not have to take it home. So I, <laughs> right. I, didn't, really, I didn't really mind, you know, as long as it didn't happen too many times. And but we had this one substitute teacher. I can't remember her name now, but she was this, like, ancient lady that should have retired long ago. Or maybe she had retired and was just subbing to, like, do something. And it was funny because we all loved when she would substitute our classes because – you could get away with fucking murder, not because she didn't care, but because she cared so much. But I swear she had dementia. <laughs> <laughs> but she was one of these like old lady teachers that would be really stern and give a whole speech. It was the same speech every fucking time at the beginning of class. And then as soon as she turned around around the board, people would start like throwing you know, paper around the class or yelling shit out. I remember this one guy, one of the football players, you know, he was always like fake swearing at her. He would say like, fee you. And instead of like, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, uh, that's actually where that came from. Remember I, I used yeah. to always say, fee you, fee you. Pilgrim. yeah, that's where that came from. It came from that. We would, he would always fake swear at her. So, so she would be like, don't you use that kind of language? And he'd be like, what fee? I can't say fee. And like, he was, he would always like try and like, drive her crazy that way by doing all this shit and then she would end up like punishing the whole class like one by one you know throughout the whole period (laughs) like okay you have detention okay now you're suspended i can't believe you said that okay now you see me after class but because she was like you know forgetful or whatever by the time class was over she's like okay bye and then she would leave and never tell anybody that she just like assigned detention to have the class (laughs) so we would just fuck with her the whole time and never never learn a goddamn thing she was the best (laughs) (laughs) I I still legitimately say fee you pilgrim like when I'm trying not to swear. Yes, me too all the time. That came from her. Oh god. <laughs> fucking you, great. Oh god. Yeah. And well, he he only called her pilgrim cuz she was like 180 years old. 
damn pilgrim. That's that's a great insult for someone that's old. Yeah. <laughs> See you, pilgrim. Oh anyway, we were talking about the Breakfast Club, so let's uh like we said before let's not bury the lead we've been talking for a while just fucking around but let's get to the story here <laughs> right <laughs> okay so we have all the kids they're all in the library richard vernon came in gave his little speech he took off now they're all in there by themselves so in the actual movie judd nelson's character bender just starts like fucking with everybody and screwing around and you know eventually encourages all the rest of them to loosen up a little bit but we're not gonna do that so fuck that instead right we got to kill somebody. So how do we introduce <laughs> a body count into this scenario? What do we do? They're all in this library together. So we probably need to like, we need to, first of all, we probably need to break them up and then we need to decide, you know, who are we going to kill? Are we, right. the only other person in the school is Vernon that we know of. What do you think, Mike? Where do we go from here? Um. Okay. So I, I think, yeah, we're, we should have the sequence where, you know, Bender takes the screw out of the door to like get the door to like flop closed so that the that Vernon can't keep a, an easy eye on them. Um, so we do that and then we have him like start, you know, poking fun at the the other kids. Like, you know, maybe he's mocking Claire for being the perfect little princess and he's mocking Andrew being like, you know, oh, you got this bright future ahead of you, but you got this temper that you can't bottle up, you know, that causes you to lash out mm-hmm. at people. You know, and then, like, maybe he starts making fun of Allison being like, and you, no one knows who the fuck you are. You lie about everything and you're always stealing shit. You know, like, kind of mm. like telling the, like, the viewer uh, who these people are, but being a dick about it, you know, and, like, causing the other kids to get, like, annoyed and angry. So I, I, I feel like it should have, like, there should be some kind of argument. They get loud. Vernon mm. comes in, like, finds the door closed, like, what the fuck, you know, gets all pissed off. We get the argument back and forth. And I think we should have something very similar to the way it went, where he gives the, you know, the, the little argument with with uh, Bender, and he keeps giving Bender more detentions, um, which I'm sorry, mm. in the in the real version, I, I crack up every time when he's like, are you done? No. How about another? <laughs> Good. <laughs> like, yeah. the, the way he responds cracks me up. <laughs> I love that sequence. You want another one, pal? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, it's so good. yeah. Okay, yeah. I think I think, and I want to just interject here to say too that I think it's weird in the real movie that these people don't seem to know each other, or if they do, only vaguely. And yeah. they also tell stories about other students, and it's always like, hey, do you know this person? And I yeah. feel like I feel like. How is this school so big that these these students like barely know each other? Like I went to a high school with about a thousand students and I felt like I knew pretty much everybody in school. Maybe not well, but like right. you did you didn't have to stop and be like, Oh hey, do you know who Andrew is? Like, of course I fucking know who Andrew is. Keep talking. Like, right, like exactly. we all know each other. I, I at least knew everybody in my grade. Um, like maybe I didn't know them well, but I knew of them. I knew, you know, I knew who they were. I like, I was, I was familiar with them. And then like, I would say like a couple grades below me, I knew a lot of the kids. I didn't know all of them, but you know, we had some of those classes like gym and, and like, you know, lunch and study hall and stuff like that, where it was a mix of grades. So you got to know some of the other kids, but like overall, like, yeah, if, if somebody was like, if so, all they would have to say is like a first and last name. It's like, oh yeah, I know that guy. You know, it was like, it, it's very simple. So, yeah. but yeah, anyway. that, that is confusing. Um, so yeah, so let's have, let's have the, the scene play out the same way. 
but maybe have like somebody else step in. So I don't know if we want to have it be, you know, Claire or Allison. Somebody should speak up. And because Vernon's pissed, he throws another detention at them. And then, of course, you know, that causes someone else to protest. So like maybe Allison, you know, she's like, you know, yeah. OK, enough. Like, he, you know, he's, he's, you're giving him two months already. And he's like, quiet down, Missy. That's another one for you type of thing. And then mm-hmm. Brian's like, sir, she was just trying. He's like, that's another one for you, pal. And he's like, what the heck? You know, and then have like, you know, Andrew get pissed because he's got a temper problem. And be like, all right, that's enough, you know, and then have him get and then maybe Vernon, like, because he feels like he's losing control of the situation. He's like, all right, I've had it. You're all being separated. And have him do something like leave Brian in the library, take Allison and Andrew to like two empty classrooms, like put them each in one. I don't know, throw Claire in the cafeteria and then do do exactly what he did with Bender and shove him in the fucking supply closet and like threaten him. But like maybe in this version have him be a little more aggressive about it. Yeah. You know, so we kind of like wonder like, oh shit, is, is, is he going to, is he going to hurt him? <laughs> like that kind of a thing where, uh, cause Vernon did get pretty aggressive. Like he, he told him to hit him and yeah. he was like, go ahead. I'm giving you a free shot type of thing. Like no one's going to believe you like that whole thing. We want to play up mm-hmm. that angle. Like, so, so Vernon gets very aggressive with Bender and then fucking locks him in a closet. Like that's some Carrie white, you know, Carrie's mom shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he didn't even just close the door. He did. He locked him in there, which even in the real movie, I thought was some fucking bullshit. Um, Yeah, but no, I totally agree. I think having Vernon be a little bit more aggressive and breaking the kids up, because for as much of a blowhard as he was, he didn't really do anything to try to stop the kids from fucking around other than handing out more Saturday detentions to Bender. So, yeah, I think it makes more sense for him to just be like, you know, all right, you fuck with the bull. Here comes the horns. You know, you're all going (laughs) to sit in different rooms. It's like, is that the best you can do? Okay, (laughs) right. You know, (laughs) and of course, you know, that's the kind of shit that Bender's going to be saying to him. Like, yo, this is your big punishment. huh? We all got to be alone now. And then he's like, oh, you want to be alone, buddy? How about this? And like sticks him in the fucking broom closet. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's good. It's a good idea to break up these students because I think what we need to do if we're going to set up a mystery, because you know, we can have a murder story, but if we want to have a mystery story, we need to have every one of these students ha- or really anybody in the movie, Vernon or anyone else, have a motive and an opportunity, right? So mm-hmm. by breaking them up, they all kind of have an opportunity because, ooh, now they're alone, but we need to develop the motives. You're saying, exactly. you know, Bender getting upset with Vernon, where it's like, okay, fine. So, you know, if Vernon turns up dead, well, then now he's got a motive. Or, you know, if uh, Brian and Bender are, are having it out, or Andrew and Bender are having an argument in the library before Vernon comes in, well, shit, now they might have a motive, you know, against each other. So that we got to kind of, like, play those moments up as much as we can. And, right. In the absence of, you know, heartfelt, you know, vulnerable moments where they're all going to, you know, admit their deepest, darkest fears to each other. Instead, you know, we got to ramp up the antagonism so they all want to kill each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, we had already talked about uh, bullies. So do we want mm-hmm. to start to introduce more players at this point? Yeah. You know, and we talked about this a little bit offline. I am loathe to introduce a lot of new characters because i think one of the things that makes the breakfast club work well is the fact that there's really only seven characters in the whole movie which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool but at the same time if we want to have a murder mystery we really only have two options which is we have one person get killed 
and then we have a closed door interrogation kind of mystery where you have five students trying to all decide you know who killed mr x and those are pretty cool stories but they always end up becoming very dialogue driven and then the other aspect is you can have a murder mystery where you have a body count and we've already mentioned that a couple times where you don't just have one murder but another and another and another and then as the stakes escalate you know the 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 tension escalates until eventually the killer is revealed you know and i i think of that more as like the like the movie identity or like scream yes. you know where it's like you have to have enough characters to have a couple of them get bumped off but i yeah. don't think any i don't think any of the five teenagers should if any of them die, it can't happen anywhere near the beginning. You know, that that would have to be a climactic, you know, battle of some kind. They can't right. just be body count. So, yeah, I this is my long winded way of saying, yeah, I, as much as I don't really want to introduce any new characters that John Hughes didn't invent. I think it, we kind of need to because Vernon and maybe Carl, the janitor really isn't enough of a body count. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah, we have to figure out uh, like, you know, what the what the mystery is going to be because if we kill off one of the main kids i feel like immediately they're going to be like fuck get help you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. so we we have to like have some other players involved um so okay so like with like with the bullies um you know we we, we were kind of like toying with the idea of bully like a, of a bully off the air um so i think i think what we should do is, is have have something like cut over to that group of characters like you know the bully and his toady or toadies or however many characters we want to have um i don't know what, what do you think like two or three yeah you mentioned having this bully who picks on brian um mm. and that's like the sort of the bender connection right that they're going to find out that you know bender kind of went and kicked this dude's ass and i think you know, thinking of other John Hughes movies, the the bully in Some Kind of Wonderful, I think is perfect because mm-hmm. it's honestly kind of like the male Claire, but but an asshole, <laughs> you right? Know? Uh, kind of like the rich trust fund boy, um, mm-hmm. and and those types of guys are gonna have hangers on. <laughs> you know, there's they're right they're, they oh, always absolutely. have they have toadies, and I think mm-hmm. uh, you know at least one, maybe two pals uh, of our buddy, you know, or like if you think of the Goonies, think of Troy from the Goonies, you know, he yes. had two little nameless goons that were always tagging along, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so I think that that would be good. Uh, yeah. Maybe we could just limit it to that. Like, you know, uh, Troy and his two buddies or, or whatever. Well, yeah. We don't, we don't want to name them. And I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. Uh, Hughes played with archetypes and he played with tropes mm-hmm. and almost every 80s bully movie like from the stand to the goonies to every there was always the main bully and their couple of toadies um even like you know in it you know there's uh what was it henry and and the two bullies you know um, oh yeah yeah that's right i forget their names but yeah you're totally right uh and they become really good cannon fodder because you got you can kind of take out the the low level bullies before you get to the alpha dog you right. know? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay okay so this i think i can go with you on this one let's 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 have this little side story that we introduce where 
just like in the Goonies, when we saw Troy and his guys hanging out at the wishing well, you know, we see, uh, you know, whoever this guy is and who had been Brian's bully. Hell, maybe we could even make it be that it was like Claire's ex-boyfriend or something, you know, to kind of drive home the connection to all of them. Uh, you know, because ah, the more okay. the more yeah. connect, the more connections, the more motives we can create. You know, if mm-hmm. it's a guy who beats up Brian, gets beat up by Bender and used to date Claire, maybe has a, a flame for her. You know, again, the more these connections we can draw together, the better. Hell, maybe he's the football star and, you know, Andrew can't stand him because Andrew's the wrestling star and they're like, you know, rival jock big men on campus types, you know. So, oh, again, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the connection to Allison would be, but, you know, whatever. The, the, the more, you know, uh, like if you picture, you know, like, like that, it's always funny in the Philadelphia board, the more like conspiracy lines we can draw between characters, <laughs> right. the better, right? <laughs> hey, maybe it could be something as simple as like, you know, he, uh, you know, he basically just used Allison as like a pump and dump type of thing. Like he just used her. And, you know, so like that, I'm thinking of, we just recently covered uh, the rage carry two on, the boogeyman's closet and there was that was like the whole plot of the movie was the jocks doing the pump and dump where they were just like picking up girls using them and then being like fuck you you know that type of thing and just what types of assholes those types of guys are um, yeah so i could see him being that type of asshole where it's like yeah he dated claire because you know she was the popular princess but allison is like you know she's the wallflower nobody like and besides she's a compulsive liar who's gonna believe her you know, that yeah. type of a thing. So and she's desperate for attention and any kind of love. So she would go and do something stupid with him, just like she jokes about doing with mm-hmm. her psychiatrist in the actual movie. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know that we'd have any time for a big, you know, heart to heart about virginity like they do in the real movie. But it would kind of make sense if a character like Allison, you know, wasn't a version because she gave in to some stupid jock boy pressure. Whereas right. Claire, Claire, the actual ex-girlfriend of this guy she never did you know and of course now you know mr jock dude with his popped collar like he thinks claire is some kind of like you know prissy cold fish and but allison's mm-hmm. gonna get out because any kind of attention is good attention right exactly so yeah so we, we could have this character that is literally attached to all of our our players um which i, I like that i hadn't i hadn't thought of that angle i, I like the fact that he's connected to everybody now yeah, that's um, pretty cool. So, okay, so he needs a name, and I think it would be fun if we cast him, like, maybe one of the John Hughes, you know, uh, uh, the usual suspects, you know, the guys he uses all the time. Right. Um, If we're going to if we're gonna play in the realm of John Cusack, I would say, or uh, not John Cusack, uh, John Hughes, I was going to say John Cusack or Eric Stoltz. I think those two are, are two of the uh, Hughes favorites that would make the most sense in this role. Yeah, no, I think you said it right with your, your Freudian slip. I think John, <laughs> John Cusack, Cusack yeah. is the right no, I think that's a great choice because he always pl- gets to play like the good guy, the put-upon hero, but he's also been an asshole in a couple of pretty good movies, and I think he can pull it off. So yeah, I could totally see him. And I think it'd be a cool flip to have him portray a character that you wouldn't normally expect, you know, uh, good old boy next door, John Cusack to play, let him be the, the trust fund baby, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. he's got to have some silly name. I don't know. You know, like not like Troy, but you know, something like that. Right. Uh, well, and I feel like his character in high fidelity being mm-hmm. like the, you know, he, he's the main character, but he's a fucking dick. Like he he's, is. he's such an asshole and he's like a self-righteous asshole. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. Cusack could really play that up. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I know I love that. I love that. So let, you mentioned Eric Stoltz. I love him. I love him in some kind of wonderful. It's my, one of my favorite roles he's ever done. And just like that, let's flip the script where he plays like the nice guy. Let's have him play a jerk. Let's have mm-hmm. him be. It, maybe we have two. I'm not sure. One or two. But let's have him be like one of the toadies to John Cusack's character. Let's have Eric be like. Let's, let's have him be this guy where he's like this rich kid, but he thinks that like punk rockers are cool because it's the 80s and it would be like John Hughes's idea of like what a punk rocker <laughs> guy looks like, you know, right? Because <laughs> I, I feel like John Hughes put those kind of guys in all of his movies where there was always like the one like weird guy with like spiky blue hair or something. Right. Yeah, no, he would be he would be the, the, the safe punk. So he'd wear like a leather jacket and like, you know, he'd have like a safety pin in his like in his t-shirt or something like something super simple like john hughes safe you know yeah like he's a punk rocker guy but he spent like way too much money on these like studded bracelets you know? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah trying to be billy idol yeah that'd be awesome but, I, yeah that, that, so that'd be i think that would be fun for eric stoltz for sure i think we yeah could do that. so, so okay, that, we gotta name these characters i think it would be funny to to pick like uh you know pop culture type names um so like the first one that came to mind for me was like Fred for for John Cusack's character, like, you know, Fred or Freddy. I like Freddy. I don't know why. I always think of Karate Kid, like at the beginning of the movie when uh, what's his name? Uh, fucking Ralph Macchio's character. I, I can't think. I can't, oh, can't Daniel LaRusso. That's it. I don't know why I can't remember. That. I fucking love the Karate Kid. Yeah. So Daniel goes off with like Freddy to like the beach party. I don't know why I always think of those kind of guys as like Freddy types. They're these like, you know, fun loving, rich jock types. I don't know why. But yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and I always think of, of Freddy as the the bully uh, just because of listening to um, Wes Craven's tale about how he named the character of Freddy Krueger, Freddy, because there was <clears throat> there was a kid who beat him up. With with some regularity that was named Fred. Okay, yeah, that's so. cool. I, th- I can see that. So John Cusack could be Freddy. Eric Stoltz will be, you know, some other pick some other name. Some I can see John Hughes probably picking some some kind of in joke or some you know hidden hidden joke. He'll na- he names him after some other actor or some other character. Then you know you can kind of pick up on that. Um, mm-hmm. And then do we want to do a third one? Do we? I'm trying to think of the body count. I feel like we we should have three. Just like I I don't know why three feels right for for bullies because it's like again that archetype you know if you look mm-hmm. at like the and sometimes they come back and and it and you know the goonies and there's there's always the three there's the leader and like the second in command and like the fucking grunt <laughs> like that's kind of like the ar- the hierarchy of the bullies <laughs> it's so silly that you said sometimes they come back first <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I do love that story though. Okay, oh, so good one. So so let's let's pick John Cryer and uh right so John Cryer yeah. fam- famously plays Ducky and then instead of him being like the kind of fake art student punk looking guy because we have Eric Stoltz looking kind of like a punk let's have this guy be like I'm trying to think of more like 80s stereotypes and I'm thinking of like the Gordon Gecko Wall Street type who's just obsessed with money you know oh the, yeah the little this, yupp, yuppie in training. There you go. There you go. Yeah, the the little junior yuppie who wears like Italian suits to high school. Yes. Yes. 
this is this is the second episode in a row where we've cast a character and I mentioned that they wear Italian suits. I'm not sure why, but it seems fitting in the 80s, you know. It he's, really does. He's the the rich 80s high school student who's obsessed with money. His dad's like some kind of a day trader and he's wearing like fucking Armani to high school every day. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it somehow it works. <laughs> yeah, it makes, and I, I can definitely picture John Cryer doing that. You know, he would he played a similar character in what was that one movie that he's in where he like goes and hides out and like pretends to be a high school student when he was like this like Wall Street guy. He like witnesses a crime. You know, what, do you know what I'm talking oh about? Oh my or god, I... that, that's like memory unlocked. What the fuck is that? Oh shit, I gotta look it up real quick. Yeah, it I was gonna is... say that. Hiding out, hiding out. Yes, yeah. Dude, I out. haven't thought of that in forever. Right? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, me too. Like it just came back to me. Like, wait, this sounds kind of familiar. Like John Cryer, like rich Wall Street guy. Like, oh yeah, I've seen that before. <laughs> <laughs> and that, wow. Yeah. No. The, okay. So memory unlocked for me. Damn. <laughs> That's so That's, crazy. I'm trying to find it on IMDb. Oh, what what she, year did it she, come she, out? Uh, Keith Coogan is his like cousin he like lives with. Oh, I fucking love Keith Coogan. That was fuck what fuck even Wikipedia doesn't have the year. Eighty seven. Yeah. God, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Holy shit, I remember this. That's crazy. <laughs> shit, man, I'm gonna have to watch that again. It's like I can't believe that just like bubbled to the surface of my memory. <laughs> like, what a crazy movie. I, I'm um, li- literally watching the the trailer on silence right now, and I'm like, holy <laughs> shit! I haven't thought of this in forever. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this. Like, <laughs> it's been a while. I need to watch it again. Fuck but you, anyway, fuck you. okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah okay. I like that. That's a good. Pick. So we got John Cryer and Eric Stoltz uh, toadying for our John Cusack bully. They're like the rich kids in school who you know can 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 do anything. And so we've got mm-hmm. Freddie and. I don't know the other two. What, what do we um, call these guys? We got we got to move on and get back to the story. So let's pick some names. Uh, uh, Chuck and Dave. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Uh, no, that, that's good. So uh, I'm staring at this uh, cross stitch I have on my wall in my office that my old coworker made for me. That is the Friends logo with Jason, Freddie, Leatherface, <laughs> and Michael Myers on it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So you mentioned Jay, you mentioned Freddie. That'd be funny. Uh, I don't know if Child's Play would have been out at this point, so Chucky might not make any sense. But you know, Mikey, you know, for yeah, let's Michael go with Myers, Jay, Jay, and Mikey. Yeah, because yeah. we could be like Fred, Jay, and Mikey. So again, like people paying attention would get it, but it's not super obvious. <laughs> all right, all right. So let's have Eric Stoltz, the punker. Let's have him be Jay, and let's have Wall Street John Cryer. Him, he'll be Mikey. Gotcha. Yep, that works. That works for me. <laughs> All right. Okay. So we got some bullies. We got some body count. Now we got to get him into the, the story. So we left off with our characters all being broken up by Vernon, the vice principal. So he's going to go back to his office, and then now we're going to have all these kids in like different like classrooms or whatever. Now Bender, Bender is like locked in a room, so he's not going to have a easy time moving around. Although we do see that he knows how to sneak through the ceiling. Yes. Um, so. I think either right here we need to cut away to these bullies and introduce them like we were talking about. Actually, we should, we definitely should do that. But then when we cut back, our 
students need to be making excuses for like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom or like, you know, Allison's going to like sneak down the hall and like smoke a cigarette in like the locker room or whatever. Like they all got they all need to make an excuse to be moving around uh, mm-hmm. you know, so that so that we can be doing something with them, because, you know, if it's a murder mystery, we got to murder somebody. First of all, we haven't gotten that far yet. So we right. can't have our we can't have all of our students just sitting there being goody two shoes like they got it. They got to be doing some shit. So let's all have them make excuses to like, you know, go do something and get up and move around the school and then um i think it'd be cool if we introduce carl the janitor but okay i want to kind of get the sequence of events in the right order do we want to have no i'm just spitballing here let's just say vernon turns up dead do we want to have that happen and then like oh shit here comes carl the janitor quick hide you know like he'll catch us and then maybe bring in some more people or like, I'm not sure the order of events to go in. Do we want to introduce Carl first? And then we have like a um, suspect. You know yeah. What I, mean? like, I, I, I think put the pieces in order. I, I think, I think Carl should be, you know, um, he should be still around pretty early on, but like, let's have, let's have something like, I don't know if we want to have Carl. Uh, maybe we see him passing in the hallway while Vernon goes across like, Maybe he's he's separating the kids and we see Carl just like mopping. So we see that he's there, right? Like we we maybe we don't really introduce him yet, but like mm-hmm. Vernon is, is separating all the kids to the different areas. We see Carl doing his thing in the background. Then we should cut to the bullies, right? Have them sitting in like sitting in, in uh Fred's car, like they're they're out out in the parking lot, like watching the school. And, you know, maybe maybe here we can find out you know, that like dude wants to get revenge on Bender. Like we can get a little bit of a backstory here that like, you know, that that motherfucker thinks he's, he can get away with beating my ass. Like that's not going to happen. Like I'm going to show him blah, blah, blah. and like have them sitting there smoking and, and, and just chatting. And then we see Carl like maybe he's taking out the trash and it'd be like, hey, okay. opportunity unlocked. Like they see the door open, you know, so it's like now we can get into the school. So we, we see, you know, I we could either we could do this one of two ways. We could have them sneak in. Or we could have them steal uh, Carl's keys. Like maybe they know him, you know, or like one of their one of their dads is like friends with him, or maybe he's like an uncle of one of the kids or something like that. And we can have them like chit chatting, and one of them slip the keys off of his key ring, and so now they have access to the school. Um, I don't know. We could, we could do the easiest way would just have them be slipping when he's like taking the trash out, but we could yeah. have them get the keys if we really wanted to play up that oh shit, you know they have access to every room in the school type of thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the key ring is kind of interesting. So let's have it be that they're sitting in the car, they're talking, bitching about Bender, like you said. They see Carl come out the back door. He props the door open with his little cart where you know how genders have like a trash can with like oh a, yeah yeah like a little bucket hanging off the side of it with like their squeegees and squirt bottles and stuff you know mm-hmm. so he's gonna prop the door open with that and his keys are hanging on there he goes over to the dumpster you know throws a bag in and then you have let's say mikey uh no, no it'd be better if it were uh jay the punk rocker he's gonna come up behind him and be like hey uncle carl how you doing man like you know can i bum a smoke and you know carl's like oh you know 
you're just a kid. Like you shouldn't smoke. And then mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, they're terrible for you. And he pulls a and then he pulls a smoke out and lights up like, Hey, you need one, man. You know, like, you know, just, just some little bullshit where, uh, you know, and then he's going to, you know, shoot the shit with Carl for a second while he's like, you know, what, you want me to tell your dad you're smoking now, you know, put that out, blah, blah, blah. And then you, mm-hmm. but you see in the background, since he had his cart propping the door open, then you see Freddie and Mikey and they're going to like, you know, sneak in the door. And then Freddie pops back out, looks at the cart, grabs the keys and then, boom now they're inside right so now they're in the school with the keys gotcha and then then outside you just see um you see jay punker jay he's just like well uh yeah i i I gotta get going yeah yeah see you bye you know (laughs) and and then carl's like oh what a weird fucking kid you know like right like my sister's kid or whatever you know and then yeah all, all we need to do is either just assume that jay gets in somehow anyway or after carl goes in you see one of the the other kids on the other bullies like they pop a door open and like let him in and now yeah all three are inside you know easy right yeah exactly so no. i think we need to get to the death um yes. and i think we should do it before we get too many of the individual people involved i like the fact that the bullies are now on the stage so once they're in the school i think we need to cut back to like say andrew who really did go to the bathroom <laughs> he's coming back from the bathroom he right bumps in, he bumps into allison you know she's putting the cigarette out on the bottom of her shoe and then you know uh chucks it down the hallway like it's nothing or you know whatever puts it in or she sticks it through the grate in somebody's locker you know <laughs> <laughs> that seems fitting <laughs> yeah you know and they're gonna kind of like chat and flirt a little bit and then they you just hear this like blood curdling scream you know the scream queen scream ah and you know they take off running they're following the scream and it's claire and she's like in the doorway to vernon's office and you know vernon is like dead on the floor and she's just like, I just came in here to, you know, tell him I was going to, you know, go to the bathroom or whatever. And I swear he was I just found him this way. I swear, you know, um, right. something like this. And then, of course, uh, the other kids are going to come running and then you're going to hear Bender start, you know, shaking the door handle or better yet. Bender just comes crashing through the ceiling like he did in the in the in the library. But it was mm-hmm. because this time he got caught off guard by the, all the screeching and the the talk of murder, you know. Right. OK. All right. Um, let me see here. Do we want do we want to kill Vernon? Is is that the first body we want to go with? Oh, I don't know. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> well, just because I was thinking like because he's he's supposed to be like the the position of authority, so it would make sense. But then we would have to make it real. Like we'd have to wonder like, okay, well, why did they stick around? Like why wouldn't they just like run screaming out the front door? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. Okay, I mean, we, it can be somebody else. I'm just saying, like, I think we need, we just need to get to this moment. Now, you know? I, I like, I like the idea of it being Vernon, but I think. Okay, let, 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 let just, just follow me for a second here. Okay. So, um, I want to have like a, a couple more like little quiet moments as we don't know what the bullies are doing yet. So we we see them. They're in the school. They're you know they're players on the stage. Um, we could maybe have like a a sequence where, like you said, with Allison and and um. Uh, Andrew talking, kind of like flirting back and forth. Like we have a little bit of that. I would like it if like I originally had suggested making Carl out to be a creep. So he would be a like uh, a suspect. But I I got I got a different idea. So what if we see him coming into the cafeteria like he's mopping and he sees Claire sitting there and maybe he asks her something like, you know, hey, does your dad still work at such and such? Like name some something and be like, you know, we used to be friends back in the day and like have him kind of like. trying to talk to her like 
fi- like we find out that her dad was like you know the popular guy and is now clearly the wealthy guy and one of his friends is you know doing custodial work and like she's just you know being the the spoiled brat like cold shouldering to him and him being like all right fine you know screw you then like going back about his business um maybe maybe he even says something like you know all you spoiled little brats are the same or something like that and she gets up and storms out of the room all pissed off and offended you know something so we we see okay. we see Carl is back in the building um and we give Claire a reason to like be annoyed with him and leave um and then maybe this is where like she goes to like talk to to Vernon and like have him be gone and I'd be like what what the hell like where is he you know maybe like Maybe we have her yell something like, you got to be kidding me or something like that. And then have like a, maybe the, the two classes where a- Allison and Andrew are are right down the hall from Vernon's office. So he could keep an easier eye on him or something like that and, and have them hear her be like, where the you know, where the hell is he or something like that? And have Allison be like, did you hear that? And they go walking down the hall and see Claire standing in Vernon's office with no Vernon. And I'm be like, where the hell is he? Like, what what's going on? You know, so maybe maybe Claire wanted to, like, turn in, uh, turn in Carl for being rude to her, you know, something like that. Just just a reason to, like, kind of bring up the mystery. Like, well, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is the prince or why is the vice principal missing? Um, okay. oh, 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 sorry. I'm going to interrupt. I'm gonna, let, me, let me jump in because I have a cool idea, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so first of all, it's cool that you said that about Carl being friends with, like, the rich guy, because in the opening montage or the opening credits in the real breakfast club movie, there is a scene that I noticed this time for the first time where you see a plaque and it has like, so it's like man of the year. And it's basically like, you know, the, the student of the year, or the head student from like various uh, historical years. And one of them is Carl <laughs> actually. Ah, so, okay. I never yeah. noticed that. So he used to be like a really good student, popular kid at the school at some point. He was named man of the year, uh, which is kind of a funny, but so what if, yeah, I like this sequence. So what if we do that? And then maybe, you know, Carl, after he has this little interaction with Claire and she huffs off or turns her back on him and he's like, you know, touchy, touchy. And he turns around and maybe he bumps into, you know, Brian and Brian just freezes, you know, like deer to headlights. And he's like, uh, you okay, kid? <laughs> like, are you supposed to be out here? <laughs> I thought you were supposed to be in the library. And he's, and then Brian's just like, uh, I just needed to, uh, yeah, yeah, get something from my locker. Yeah. That's, that's the ticket. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I, I needed to get a drink of water. I was going to the fountain, you know, Something yeah. like, you know, yeah. something innocuous. Yeah, just where it's kind of like, is he nervous? Is he caught red-handed doing something he shouldn't? Or is he just like an awkward, like, nerdy kid who got busted because, you know, he broke the rules? Like, whatever, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, so now you, you still have, like, Claire in the room wherever she is. And, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe Vernon because, you know, he's – maybe Vernon was the one who was being a little pervy with her, like, late, earlier on in the library when he was yelling at everybody. You know, maybe he's like, you know, like, you, you're a loser. You shut up. You, you know, I would have expected more from a, you know, varsity letterman. And then, like, oh, you, little miss, you know, popular pants, you know, you and your perky little tits, you know, like, <laughs> whatever. Like, some kind of, like, really inappropriate comment that he makes about her, like, you think you can do whatever you want, you know. And, right. you know, he makes some kind of like a pervy comment about her to the point where she like you know grabs her shirt and was like oh well i never you know um, right or hell and, maybe when he's putting her in the cafeteria he's like you know you can keep your hot little ass in here like something like some very inappropriate and creepy comment because it's just mm-hmm. the two of them yeah well i was thinking was 
you know, maybe that she's not in the cafeteria. Maybe he puts her in like the the receptionist office near his. He's like, you sit here, honey, like close to me. I'll keep an eye on you. You know, whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of like pervy bullshit. And then of course, you know, Carl comes over and and Carl's talking to her and just like totally innocuous, totally innocent. He's just like, hey, what are you doing? How's it going? Because he's just bored at work and she's just like, oh man, you're also gross they're all the same you know and mm. kind of you know kind of thinks that now carl's being you know uh cheeky with her and then you know we cut over to like andrew and allison talking like we said but instead of hearing this big scream we hear this big crash and it's because bender was crawling through the ceiling escaping from his little closet but it's a crashing in the library he crashes into vernon's office and they all go running because he's like yelling like ow you know whatever they all go right. running and they end up his office and they're like bender you dickhead what are you doing you know and he's like oh i forgot my pencil and then he gets up and they're like wait where's vernon <laughs> you know like and clara was like i swear he just came in here like you know he, I, I was sitting right out there you know oh, uh, okay. so yeah. so now now we can kind of get to that moment where you were getting to where it's like hey vernon's missing but we can kind of introduce a few more like little elements and now we've got bender out of the room too right and of course he's not going to go back in there now so wherever Bender's going to be he's basically going to be free reign until you know carl or vernon shows up at some point to try to get him to sit somewhere mm-hmm we we also need to have like we, we need to show like what the bullies are doing. So are they coming after Bender or are they coming after Brian or both? Okay, so I think it'd be funny if like we cut after all of this, we cut down the hall and we see them do this sort of like comedic like like the friends, like the TV show friends, like the friends mm -hmm. in the door where they all kind of like poke their head in, in one above the other, you know? It's like, <laughs> yes. We see Freddie poke around the corner, and then you see, like, Jay's head above his and Mikey's head above his or whatever. They're like, what you looking at? And like, you dumbass. You know, and, like, he kind of bops them like the Three Stooges, you know, like, didn't you hear that? You know, and it's like they heard something, and they're like, you know, uh, I swear that came from the office. You know, I don't know what's going on, but, like, I, I'm not about to get caught and get stuck in Saturday detention with these fucking losers. Like, you know, what? you know, that kind of thing. So it kind of, like, give us gives them a reason to steer clear. Um, and yet, you know, like you said before, of course they would hear the noise. It's not like noise just disappears when you close a door, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe they're sneaking down the hallway and then they see Brian, you know, who he, he had said he was going to get water. And maybe we do see that. Maybe we actually see him like at a water fountain. And of course, as the audience, we'd be like, wait, didn't, wouldn't he just wouldn't he have run to the office with the others? Like, why is he still like in the hallway? You know, so mm -hmm. just just a, a, like a suspicious moment, you know, and right? Because, again, everybody has to have a motive and, oppor and an opportunity or there's no mystery. Right. So e exactly. It's like, you know, and his opportunity is like, well, he was all the way down the hall and like he didn't he didn't, apparently didn't hear shit or if he did, he didn't react to it. Anyway, so they see him and they're like, oh, there's that little bitch who like ratted on me or, you know, or whatever, like, uh. And uh, or, you know, yeah, yeah, there's that there's that little bitch who, you know, who sick bender on me after school on Thursday or whatever. And mm -hmm. so they're like, yeah, hey, you, you go down that way and I'll go down this way. And they, you know, like they're going to uh, flank him. But really, it's just to get the other two guys away from Freddie. So Freddie can like go down the hallway and, you know, he's going to think it behind Bender or Brian. And, at the, and he, then he's just going to like push him into a classroom and he's like, Oh, now I got you a little bitch. You want to go in like, you know, sick your big, you know, rocker boyfriend on me. Let's see how you do all on your own, you know, whatever. And now he's got mm -hmm. him like alone in a room to like beat him up. Nice. Okay. 
so yeah so we'll okay we'll, we'll get the just like you said we'll have uh fred and uh and the bullies you know get get brian in the classroom uh i mean we could show like him throw a punch like maybe we, we see you know fred like gut punch brian and then we cut away you know type of thing like we don't have mm-hmm. to show like the whole beat down but we yeah. show the other kids like looking around like what the fuck is going on? Like, where, where's, you know, where's Vernon? And maybe they, they go looking for Carl. Cause it's like, yeah. we, we need an adult, you know? Yeah. So they, oh, they, I'm sorry. Okay. Maybe, maybe they poke their heads in the library and they're like, where the fuck is everybody? Cause they were expecting the kids to be in the library for detention, you know, now the library is ah, yes. empty. Yeah. So maybe Jay's like, you know, like, you know, fuck. He like, he like pats Mikey on the chest, like, come on this way, you know, and they take off cause he knows where Carl's office is like in the basement or whatever. Okay. Oh no, I meant the the Breakfast Club would be looking for Carl. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought you were talking yeah. about the uh, about Mikey and. No, no, no. Because because I figured like they would have like the the bullies would uh maybe like the two of them were keeping watch while Fred brought Brian in the in the classroom and start beating the shit out of him. Um, but so the that that like we the bullies are with Brian and then okay. we have like the 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 rest of the Breakfast Club being like where's vernon like what do we do like and then and then maybe maybe uh andrew suggests like well isn't that janitor around like we could ask him what we're supposed to do like you know where where's the where's the vice principal like we're just kind of hanging out here this is stupid um yeah. and then yeah, have and them and of course bender's gonna be like well pff, fuck this like i'm going home and they're like nah bro like he's just gonna show up in the bathroom and you're gonna get busted and get another Saturday detention. So like, just you know, come on, man, just fucking come with me. Like, we'll go talk to that gender guy and you know tell him you know, what's going on. Right. Um. So yeah. Now, do we? Th- this is where I was thinking we could we could find a body. Um. Because the 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 original thought I had was to have them like looking around. Maybe they they go back into the cafeteria where Claire last saw Brian or last saw uh Carl. So they go into the cafeteria. We see like his mop and maybe his like bucket is kicked over and there's like water everywhere. And they're like, okay, like, where is he? And start looking around and then maybe have like Allison fucking scream and have them come running over. And we see Carl's dismembered body in the warming trays of the cafeteria line. Okay, we, we want to go. We want to go dismembered. We want to go. Are we going like uh, horror gore here? <laughs> I thought that would be fucking hilarious. They'll be like, his head is in with the tater tots, like yeah. you know, just something like. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be funny. Or they, or those like big like industrial dishwashers that they use at like restaurants and cafeterias, right. and like his head is just inside it, like boiled, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, it yeah. doesn't have to be full on gore, but yeah, he should yeah, be yeah. like dead in the kitchen. Yeah, and have okay. and have Allison like freak the fuck out, um, mm-hmm. and then maybe the scream, like the bullies hear the scream, and they're mm-hmm. like, you know, they're pounding on the door, like, dude, we gotta get out of here, we gotta get out of here. So like, mm-hmm. we see the bullies like take off running, right? We see okay. Brian is still sitting there, like beat to shit, like what the fuck. Um, so now the kids are panicked. They're like, we gotta get the hell out of here. There's, you know, somebody killed <laughs> killed Carl. Like, oh shit, they killed Carl. Like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a joke I haven't thought of in a while. Um, <laughs> but, so like, uh, yeah, we we have that moment, and they they can't find Vernon. So again, we're gonna have uh, the the level heads suggest. Mm-hmm. So like, Andrew's like, we got to get the cops. So have them run back to the office, pick up the phone. Phone line's dead. Of course it's dead. So mm-hmm. now they can't get anybody. And then maybe Bender's like, fuck this, I'm getting out of here. 
and yep. they run to the front door and they're chained and padlocked shut. So okay. now they're trapped in the building other than like breaking a window and jumping out. Yeah, which of course you know Benner's gonna suggest, and then someone's gonna be like, Are you kidding? It's like they put bulletproof glass in these windows these days, or you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah, we could totally play up that angle of the, the violence in the schools in the eighties, you know, the <laughs> yeah. whole thing. Oh, and but and a minute ago when we had the bullies like hear all the ruckus and the scream and be like, Hey, let's get out of here. I think Mikey John Cryer is kind of like the wussy one. He's gonna be like, Let's oh, get yeah. out of here, man. And but then Freddie's like, Oh fuck that, like she probably just saw a mouse. I'm, that Bender asshole's in here somewhere, and I'm going to find him. You know, So that way right. we have an excuse to keep these three guys in the school. Otherwise, like they're just going to try and take off. Um, right. Since, we, since that was before the discovery of like you know the chains being on the doors, like you know we wouldn't want them to just be like take off and leave. But also at the same time, like maybe it was Freddie who chained the door shut. You know, we don't know. Like, right. They're just in the school, and they're Freddy's on like a vendetta mission. First he beat up Brian, and now he's gonna beat up Bender, or he thinks he's gonna. But you know, and cut back, cut back to the four students. We got Allison, Claire, Bender, and Andrew, and they're all like, you know, I think Andrew would be the one who'd be like, okay, everyone, shut the fuck up. I gotta fucking think, you know, everyone. right? <laughs> and you know, he's gonna try and be the voice of reason, and you know, Bender's gonna be like, oh, like what are you gonna think about, like? Dead body equals cops equals we're all going to fucking jail. I'm out of here. See ya. You know, and he's going to they're going to kind of have it out like, well, fuck you. You're going to stay here because for all we know, you fucking killed and we don't know shit. You know, and this is yes. going to they're going to have their first big argument where they're all going to start pointing fingers. And mm-hmm. Judd, you know, or Judd <laughs> Bender is going to be like, wait, I didn't fucking kill him. Like, for all I know, you fucking killed him. You know, it could have been anyone. It could have been little Miss Princey pants over there, you know, and then Claire's like, you know, you shut up. Like, I would never do that like Mm -hmm. you know and of course it's like it was of course it was you we all know it was you you know you hated that guy or you know whatever and he's like or you know we know it was you and then bender's like well what did i have against carl i love carl i see carl every saturday you know (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know and whatever like i i I don't want to write all the dialogue but you know they're all going to kind of accuse each other like maybe it was allison like you know she's just a weirdo you know how weird are you allison you know Mm -hmm. hey hey leave her alone you know whatever and they're going to all have it out they're all going to be screaming and they're not really thinking straight they're just thinking about you know what do we do? Do we call the cops? Like the phone's dead. We can't get out of here. Like, like, you know what? And then maybe, maybe somebody is like, or maybe Claire, cause she's smart. Maybe she's like, Oh, what about a radio? Like, what if we go to like one of the science classes, they'll have like a CB radio or a ham radio or whatever. Like she's going to think of something like that. And they're like, Oh yeah, Brian can do that. Hey, wait, where's Brian? You know? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, See, I, I was actually going to suggest that Brian come find them, but I like this. Like, have them be like that, you know, like we got to find Brian and have them go looking around and then find him like, you know, beat up in the one classroom. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, or, or they find the classroom and there's blood in there and they're like, what happened in here? And then they see him like, you know, stumbling down the hall or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the point the point is, I, I think Brian needs to be up and moving around, too, just like everybody else. Right. Um, just to keep the suspicion of they've all had an opportunity. They were alone at various times. And actually this is another good opportunity for, Hey, what happened to Brian? You know, and then they all kind of take off. And then next thing you know, you know, Allison peels down one hallway and Andrew goes down another hallway. And then, you know, Claire's like, wait, where are you going? You know, you're all like, stay together, you know, but right. And cause the more opportunities we have to separate the group, the more opportunities they have to like, you know, go off and, Increase the body count, <laughs> you know. Ab- absolutely. 
All right. So, yeah, I think uh, we had you said that the bullies heard the scream, so they're looking for Bender. I think at this point we should have Fred and Jay like cut to the, the group of them. They're going down another hallway and maybe Mikey is kind of like looking around like, I don't like this guy's like, I think we should get out of here. And like he turns around and he like he hung back a little too long. You know, that old trope <laughs> where it's yeah. like, you know, he turns around, his friends are gone. He's like, what the hell? Like, you know, and I yeah. think we should have a POV shot of someone seeing him. So like have okay. like him at the end of the hall, like looking around like, guys, where'd you go? And then like just see a POV shot of someone watching as he's like frantically running down the hall looking for his friends. So just so we, we can kind of like rule him out as the killer, mm-hmm. but also kind of put him on the chopping block as possible soon fodder. I think it's a good way to up the ante in terms of like we're making this more into a horror movie. Introduce the horror movie trope of the, right. the, PO, the spooky POV, right? Yeah. <laughs> So that's good. And then and then I think it'd be fun if like let's just have him kind of being watched and then we cut away and what we cut away to is let's just do kind of a fun montage scene similar to in the real movie when they go to Bender's locker to get his weed and then mm-hmm. on the way back they see Vernon and they start like running around and they're kind of like running silly like cartoon characters back and forth trying not yep. to get seen by Vernon down this hallway down that hallway back and forth screwing around and I think it'd be kind of funny to do that with the characters who were split up you know where they're like you know poking the head around a corner and looking down a hallway and then you know poking their head into a classroom or you know whatever being kind of silly you know maybe one of them like pokes their head out from like the curtain in you know like the theater stage or whatever you know just some just some silliness so we can kind of have a little bit of humor um but of course it has to end badly right (laughs) oh oh yeah i'm trying to think like we we should uh wait i'm just looking up real quick what year this came out what year did the breakfast club come out it was 1985 okay perfect so while that's happening the song that should be playing is somebody's watching me by rockwell (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's perfect yeah. <laughs> have them like you know zipping around the halls and have that playing over the top of it oh yeah absolutely perfect it, it reminds me of like when they played that song by yellow in ferris bueller's day off like, you know that's just that weird sort of early techno you know that oh yep. yeah that song <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right so yeah no that'd be fun and then like i said this has to end badly and since we kind of called Mikey away from the herd. Let's have let's have him. Let's let's have our body count. We need more body count. We got Carl off the stage, but we got to have a couple more. So let's have oh, yeah. one of the characters. I'm not sure who yet, but probably one of our main five. Let's have them stumble across uh, Mikey. You know, he's in I don't know. He's in the locker room or or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can't. I don't know. Have we seen Brian? I don't think we established what happened to Brian after he left the classroom. He stumbled off, but he wasn't in the group. Like he's not looking for himself, you know. So right. Um, maybe we do something where, like, let's fill in the details. But somebody finds Mikey dead, and not Claire again, but one of the other ones, and they're just See, like, oh shit. Go I ahead. was actually gonna suggest have it to be Claire again for one reason. Okay. So like have have her have her find him and like like we're not gonna see Mikey get killed. We're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna find the aftermath. So like mm-hmm. let's say like I don't know um you know maybe his his leg is like sticking out of the boys' locker room or something like that and and Claire like pushes the door open and sees like he's laying there like blood all over him you know like something something happened to the guy and have her scream again then have everyone you know like hear 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 Claire scream and come running find the dead body and be like, why does she keep showing up? Why do dead bodies keep turning up around her? So now we can kind of make her look like she's a suspect and create that, that mm. mistrust amongst the group themselves. 
Okay, yeah. Okay, so let's do it this way, just so it's a little bit different from the previous scene where she screamed and everyone came running. And just just for like a little uh, bit of humor too, let's have Claire sees Mikey. You know, again, like you said, his leg is sticking out of the locker room, the doors open, whatever. So she goes in and screams, and then maybe Allison is like right there first, and it's just like, oh wow, look at him, and she's like fascinated by it, you know, mm, not like okay. not like freaked out, but you know, she's a weirdo, and she's like, oh look at the blood, and then right behind him, you hear Brian go. What are you guys doing in the guy's locker room? You know, <laughs> and, and they, right. they, they turn all panic. And when they turn, he sees Mikey on the floor and he screams like a little girl, you know, <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yes. And, and then that's when Bender and Andrew run up right behind him and they both look at him because he just screamed and he's like, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. You know, I think, <laughs> I think it'd be a little funny moment for Anthony Michael Hall to kind of like maybe piss himself a little bit, you know, <laughs> right. for him saying it wasn't me. It wasn't like it, it would almost be like it wasn't me that screamed like that. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. but but also it wasn't me that killed him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd I like funny. that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking good. So yeah, so so like the whole the whole group now is is we've reconvened, we have found another body, and again we're it's like it's like the Spider Man meme of everyone pointing the finger. Um, so it'll be like you know uh, you know Claire being like I didn't do anything, and Allison be like you know well you were the one that found him, and then be like well what about Brian? He was in the locker room. And have just like that back and forth going and like Bender and Andrew just kind of listening to the whole thing like they're all fucking nuts. You know, <laughs> like, have that yeah. look of like, oh, shit, one of these guys is a killer. Um, so, yeah, so now like, well, obviously the bullies would have heard the scream. So maybe like mm-hmm. at that point, you know, Jay is like, I don't know, man, like that, this is the second time we've heard a scream. I think we should get out of here and, and maybe have like Fred be like, you know, fuck you, pussy. Like, I'm I'm going to see this through. Like, I'm kicking that dude's ass. I want revenge, mm-hmm. you know, like. Something like that and have Jay be like, you're on your own, man, and have him split off. Yeah. So here's what I think would be kind of cool. I, I feel like I want I want the other group to know that the bullies are in the school. I think it's time to reveal that there's other people in the building because then it kind of ramps up the tension and the suspicion for the Breakfast Club teens, you know. Mm-hmm. So like obviously they know Mikey's there. So maybe – Bender says something about, oh, that's that little bitch. Mikey hangs out with that Freddie punk. And then Brian's like, oh, guys, like, yeah, like he's going to he's about to tell them that, like, you know, they just uh, kicked his ass. Yeah, that they just kicked my ass, you know, and, and may, maybe somebody makes a comment about, like, you know, why is your nose bleeding or something? But it kind of gets lost in the panic of like, there's a fucking dead body here, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so he he's about to tell him and then maybe. Uh, Jay, you know, like just comes up behind him and he's just kind of like there in the crowd and they turn and they're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what are you doing here? And then Jay sees Mikey and he's like, what the hell did you guys do to my friend or whatever? Like, you motherfuckers. And and they have like a little bit of a scuffle, uh, you know, uh, but Mikey and Andrew or Bender and Andrew are both there. So, you know, they're going to just grab uh, Jay and like slam up against the lockers against the wall. They'd be like, you know, fucking talk, bitch. Like, what are you doing here? Like, what's going on? You know, and let jay kind of reveal a little bit of like we were just screwing around man like we were just gonna kick your ass and like we saw this brian guy and like you know whatever like he's gonna kind of confess a little bit um but then i want him to to like wriggle away and run off while everyone's kind of arguing about what to do like maybe freddie killed him maybe it was this guy like you know maybe you know it's well fuck that it's vernon i swear like he invited us all here to like pick us off but i want to have jay run away so we can have Bender chase them because then we break the group up again. Like that's kind of the cycle here is like everyone gets together and they argue and fight and then they break up because every right. time they break up is the opportunity to kill somebody else, you know? Right. Um, well, I was going to say when, when they're talking, when, when they're arguing, 
you know, and Vernon gets brought up, Bender should bring up like the fact that when he locked him in the closet, like he was threatening him. You know, he was yeah. making all these threats and be like, you know, something's wrong with that guy. Like, you know, like maybe like maybe Jay's, you know, Jay's like, you know, uh, I don't know if it should be Jay. Somebody should mention like how, you know, Vernon brought them all there and blah, blah, blah. And now he's missing. And then have Bender be like, yeah, but he was when he locked me in that closet, he was threatening like he wanted to fight. Like what mm-hmm. what kind of adult does that? Like that type of a thing. So now yeah. that's like, oh, shit, is, is it vice principal? Like who who's killing us? You know, that type of a thing. So now it's mm-hmm. like they, they obviously don't trust the bullies. Um, they obviously don't, can't trust the adults because uh, Carl's dead and Vernon's missing and he's been threatening people. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. So we, we have, like you said, like have have the argument happen, have Jay run off and then have, uh, you know, have maybe Bender and, and Andrew go chasing after him. Um, do we want to split everybody up or do we want to have like the two of them go after them and then still have Allison, Brian and Claire together? Yeah, I think that what we should do is have Jay kind of confess a little bit like, hey, we, we were just here like fucking around. And, yeah, we had this conversation, like you just said, with Vernon. It, and it almost looks like Jay is just going to kind of like join their group and like Bender kind of backs off because it's like, you know, there's bigger fish to fry, you know, mm-hmm. and worry, worrying about, you know, Jay, you know, beating up Brian or something. And then, yeah. And then Jay is just like, you know, like, you guys can worry about fucking Vernon. Fuck you. I'm out of here. And he just takes off. And, you know, Claire yells like the doors are chained. And then Bender is just like, fuck this and takes off after him. Not to like stop him. Like, hey, bro, the doors are chained shut. But like, you know, you fucking get back here. Like, you know, you're a suspect, too. So Bender takes off. I think that Andrew and Allison would not initially run after him because Andrew is going to be protective of Allison. And I don't necessarily, I, I just, I want to separate Bender um, because I feel like Bender and Freddie need to have like, uh, we need to have a confrontation. Um, oh yeah. So maybe uh, we need to, we need to have some other reason. Like they still need to find a phone or they still need to, you know, maybe that's what, that's exactly what it is. Allison is like, well, we still need to like call the cops. Like Brian, like, is there a radio or a phone or somewhere? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Come with me. And you know, at least some of the group is going to kind of go with Brian to find some way to communicate. But Bender takes off after Jay. Maybe Claire is kind of hesitates of like, what do I do? Do I follow the guy that I'm suddenly crushing on who ran mm-hmm. off to maybe get his, you know, maybe get his ass kicked? Or do I go with the group and just have her kind of like shake her arms and then, ah, fuck. And she goes after Bender. But now she's like trailing behind, you know? Okay. Um, because what I want to what I want to do is I want to have Bender like chase Jay around a corner and then right as he comes around that corner, fucking wham, Freddie just cold cocks him in the side of the damn head because he heard him coming and he was waiting at that corner. Um, OK, you know, so he, he catches Bender by surprise. Bender goes down. Claire sees it. She shrieks a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's going to affect the other group, but just in this moment, you know, she screams again like she's the scream queen of this movie. Um, and then we have this conversation where Freddie's like, oh, big fucking tough ass Bender, you know, you know, and whatever. And Freddie's going to, you know, he's going to kick him while he's down. Bender's going to come at him with his like biting wit and, you know, insult the shit out of him, which I can't copy here, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but he's going to in, in, insult he's, he's his penis size. A, and Yo, <laughs> Maxi Zoom Dweeby. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they're going to kind of have it out, you know, and of course, you know, Claire is going to be like, oh, Freddie, stop. Just leave him alone. And of course, Freddie is like, oh, I see. Now you're with this, you know, fucking, you know, pothead loser. This is the kind of guy you want. And then she's going to be like, you know, mad at Freddie, like, shut the fuck up. You don't even know him. But it, just to create the tension between the three of them. Right. right. Um, 
because it's like again the more people who are mad at other people the more suspicions we have but i also think for just for the sake of action we've seen two people get killed off screen let's see a fist fight um, okay you know yeah. what i mean and then yeah i mean i don't know how this is going to end you know maybe um maybe it ends with well first of all it definitely has to end with wait what happened to jay like where did he go like you know bender was chasing him now he's off he's off uh he's off screen somewhere and who knows you know who could be around that corner maybe during that fight you know um we can cut we cut back we can cut back to you know Brian and Allison and Andrew and find some way to split them up again you know some some silly thing but uh yeah anyway i don't know I don't, do we have Bender and Freddy just is this their knockdown drag out or is this just like round one and, you know, they'll break up and, and go at it again. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we could definitely have them go at it again if we wanted to. But I think I think this might be the fight. So, like, let's let's have them fight. <clears throat> Maybe, um, you know, you'd mentioned having Claire like, you know, run up and go like maybe she goes to scream and Jay like comes up behind her and covers her mouth, like because his friend's kicking the shit out of the guy he wanted to kick the shit out of. So okay. he's like, you know, he's kind of like hanging back, like letting him do his thing. So now you have like Jay kind of watching and holding Claire, um, you know, keeping her from intervening, and then having Bender and uh, and and Fred beating the shit out of each other. And hell, maybe it culminates with with Fred getting the upper hand, like kicking the hell out of him. Maybe he does something like he grabs the fire extinguisher and you know, clocks Bender up the upside the head with it, you know, some, something where it's like Bender's taken out of the picture for a moment. Like, you know, he, he mm-hmm. gets, he gets knocked out and then like have, you know, Fred, he, he, he got hurt. You know, there's definitely Bender got his licks in. Um, so Fred's, you know, nursing like a, a bloody lip and, you know, looks a little, little worse for wear, but have him look at Jay and be like, come on, let's get the fuck out of here and like have them start to walk away. So now mm-hmm. we leave, we leave uh, Bender knocked out with Claire kind of like sobbing over him. Like, are you okay? Like that whole thing and have the two of them walk away. Um, and I think we, at this point, before we, we have any more body count, we cut back to the group uh, of Allison, um, Andrew and, and Brian. God, I, I keep wanting to say like <laughs> fucking Bender every time I say Brian. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's too many B names, but um, like have them trying to like, use the the fucking ham radio or whatever it is that he brought like he brings him into the avi club or something like that and um you know he's trying to trying to use a trying to use the radio maybe that maybe it's not working or maybe like he can't he can't get a channel on it like he can't get anything like can't raise anybody on it so it's it's kind of a you know useless endeavor um but maybe like while that's happening you know, Andrew sees like Fred and Jay like trying to like get out one of the doors. Like maybe they're like, you know, kicking at it, trying to like break the chain or something. And have him be like, what are these two assholes doing? And then like split him off from the group for a moment. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say something very similar. I think Andrew should also have a confrontation with these guys. I was going to say either he hears the scuffle or yeah, he sees them. So we're exactly on the same page. I think you're right. Andrew finally is going to leave Allison's side and be like, oh, what the fuck are these assholes doing? And, you know, go off and leaves Brian and Allison alone. And then as soon as that happens or as soon as Andrew's gone, let's have him. You know, he yells like, you know, hey, you, you know, football punks or whatever. He's yelling at, at, at Freddie and Jay. Freddie takes 
a look over his shoulder and just like dismisses Andrew, like, you know, shut the fuck up, you know, wrestler, you know, and, and, right. and, and he's just like checking this door, checking that door, like kicking at the chains. But maybe Jay stops and turns and like is going to talk to him like, oh, hey, man, like you won't fucking believe what what happened. Like, dude, we found Mikey. But Andrew was just like, oh, shut the fuck up. And like, you know wants to go he grabs him by the shirt or he punches him or something and you know he's gonna just because jay's first in line you know he's gonna kind of grab him and maybe he does maybe he grabs him and just kind of like throws him into a classroom of like what the fuck are you punks be doing here just to now let's get jay away from freddie like let's lose track of where freddie went because he just went off down the hall and just totally dismissed the threat of andrew coming up behind him mm-hmm. um and then you know andrew and 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 jay can kind of have it out a little bit i think jay again is he's not really like a bully at heart and he's kind of trying to be the voice of reason here of like there's a fucking dead body man and at this point we have carl and mikey dead but jay doesn't know about carl so you know maybe he's just like there's a fucking dead body and andrew's like you know just one and you know whatever and they they kind of have a little you know out and maybe andrew's like for all we know you fucking guys did this shit like what are you guys even fucking doing here and you know whatever and um you know a little bit more of that of that sort of interrogation um but then we cut back to brian and allison and have brian say something like he can't get the radio to work and he says something like ah the fucking like vacuum you know he wouldn't swear but he'd be like oh the vacuum tube is blown out like i gotta go get another one from the supply closet i'll be right back and he just runs off before allison is like oh hey wait and then you know pan the camera back and she's standing in like a dark classroom all by herself and it's just like eep you know (laughs) (laughs) you know yep um so, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what's going on with Andrew and Jay. I don't want to repeat this whole, you know, they beat a confession out of Jay thing. I just wanted to get Jay away from Freddie. So maybe that maybe Andrew, you know, picks him up and is like, all right, man, look, let's let's go find Freddie and just get the fuck out of here. They go back on the hallway and then like Freddie's nowhere to be seen. Like he's gone. Like, where did Freddie go? Did he take off? Did he get out? Did he, you know, did he get bumped off? You know, like right, right. He, he, he's gone. Um, okay. I def- so I think for the next body count, though, like we definitely – we need to probably go with either Jay or Freddie. So we either need to get separate Andrew and Jay in some way now so we can isolate them, or we just need to like jump the pecking order and go straight to Freddie. And, you know, maybe our POV character shows up again. Anyway, what do you think? So what I'm thinking here is like, yeah, we have, we have the little, the scuffle with, you know, Andrew and Jay, Fred takes off. Um, You know, the, the two of them end up like, Maybe they end up talking like they they throw a few fists, like you said, you know, but then they start talking about it, like you said. Um, And and Andrew's like, you know, fucking whatever. We got to get out of here. So helps him up and they go look for Fred. Maybe it's something as simple as they turn the corner and find his fucking body laying in the hallway, like throat slit (laughs) fucking dead. Just like, holy shit, like out in the open, Mm -hmm. like no, no cares given. So somebody literally killed them around the corner. Yeah. Okay. So if we do that, then we eliminate Andrew as a suspect because we just saw he was in that classroom with Jay. Do we want to do that right now? Um, you know, I th- I think so only because like we'd be coming to the the end of the film and we got to start narrowing it down down. Okay. So yeah, I I'm, think I'm yeah we 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 narrow down so now we know it's at least not Andrew and Jay didn't have anything to do with this. Do we know? Did he have something to do with Carl? Who knows? You know, but it's looking like no. And I think we should see the POV here. If we don't actually see the POV like creep up before Freddy's dead, let's let's see the POV like look down the hallway at 
Andrew and Jay reacting to Fred and then just like, you know, creep back around the corner. Like just real quick, like, ooh, yeah. someone's watching you. you know? <laughs> the Rockwell. No. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like ha- have the POV shot. Uh, seeing them like see the body and run away <laughs> like holy shit let's get out of here like that whole thing so they go taken off um the, the pov shot sees that brian is, is separated from allison andrew and and jay are separated from them and then claire and bender are off by themselves so we we know that it, at this point who could have killed fred well it could have been allison it could have been vernon it could have been brian it could have been claire is it Bender? Probably not, because he's out cold, you know, so. Yeah, well, last time we saw him, we thought he was, you know, and also, yeah, Claire That's was true. with him. That doesn't necessarily rule either one of them out. It's just that it seems unlikely to be Bender right. or probably Claire at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I definitely think that Brian and Allison are pr- and Vernon are probably uh, the, the suspects of this particular murder. But the first two, like, could have been anybody. Right. right. Um, OK, so then the question is, you know what's the next body count? Do we want to go for another one? Are we gearing toward another, you know, corpse? So we go in for a fourth corpse and Jay is really the only option we have, Mm -hmm. or do we, or are we going to start, you know, having like a big reveal? I think, I think we're probably far enough in the movie that we could do either, but we definitely got to head downhill. I I think we're coming up to the big reveal. So what I'm thinking is going to happen is like, we've taken Brian off the table. He's gone to get, you know, supplies, whatever. Um, Allison's standing there in the in the classroom looking terrified. Andrew and Jay show back up and he's like, where the hell is Brian? Like, well, where did he go? She's like, he went to get something to fix the radio. Like, this is, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where anybody else is. Like, she's kind of spazzing, you know, and have Andrew and Jay, like, you know, come in there and, and look around like, well, you know, stick with us type of thing. Then have, uh, you know, maybe have, have Brian show back up with the, uh, you know, with the, the tube or w- maybe without it. Maybe he's like, you know, okay. they didn't have any. I don't know what to do. You know, so they're like, well, we got to find Claire and Bender. So have the, the group of them go back looking for Claire and Bender and have them like, you know, they're they're not in the hallway. They're, they're checking rooms, checking rooms. Maybe they open an office and there's Vernon like sitting, sitting in a chair, like back to the camera type of thing. And they're like, you know, Vice Principal Vernon, like, hello. They go in and they spin the chair around and his fucking throat's ripped open or something like that. Like he's he's fucking dead. No, nice. Ha- yeah. Ha- have them freak the fuck out and be like, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do? And, and like have, you know, like at, th- at this point, let's have Bender and Claire like reconvene with them. Like, holy shit, is that is 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 that Vernon? Like, you know, have them all freaking out, have everyone spazzing and, and have like, you know, Jay, maybe Jay starts like pointing his finger at them being like, one of you motherfuckers to kill. You killed my friends. You killed the vice principal. You, you even fucking killed Carl. Like, you know, he's just like he's <laughs> freaking yeah. the fuck out. Right. And have and have Brian, you know, have him stand there being like, dude, just calm down. Be like, fuck you, nerd. Fuck you. And he's like, I said, calm down. And he just shoots him in the fucking face. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> just like pulls an actual gun out this time and fucking kills him in front of everybody. <laughs> nice. I was I was going to suggest something similar where you just Jay just kind of gets killed like but surprise. You know, <laughs> and I, I can almost picture Anthony Michael Hall's character from Weird Science where he's like, it's not a real gun, man. And he just like casually yeah. shoots it off the side, you know, like <laughs> a very similar kind of nonchalant. Like I said, shut up. Boom. <laughs> right. Dude, that's actually the scene that made me go. I want to have him shoot somebody. <laughs> that's awesome. 
Because I was like, it's it's he was so fun with that that character in Weird Science. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, like have him and then have him like kind of chuckle, and maybe he like you know just rubs the the gun on the side of his head, just like scratching his head with the barrel, like you know, like chuckling, like that had to be done, guys. I'm sorry, yeah. you know, like he's he's you know, like sorry, guys, it had to be done. He he was a fucking asshole, you know, just kind of like laughs it off, and have everyone just staring at him in terror. Yeah, you know, and maybe he says something like, you know what, he's just these, these fucking jocks, like, they're always picking on everybody, like, he fucking deserved it, you know, and then Andrew, who is a jock, have him, you know, kind of get his nuts up a little bit and be like, put the gun down, Brian, and, like, take a step forward, you know, and then we have to have a little bit of a standoff where Brian's kind of waving the gun, but not really pointing at it, and he's just like, you're just like them, man, like, you seem pretty cool today, but, like, you know, come Monday, when we're back in school, if I say hi, you know, you're gonna say some stupid shit to your friends and like pretend we don't know each other because you're yes. all in this fucking jock fraternity together you know blah 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 and he's, he's gonna start getting all heated and you know and then bender bender's gonna be level-headed he's gonna st- look at him and be like put the gun down brian you know kind of mm-hmm. kind of how he does like he's trying to play like you know his little uh uh intimidating mind games on brian like he did in the movie um, right but, you know, and then Brian's going to be like, oh, like, you know, Mr. fucking Smarty Pants always got, you know, some something witty to say, but you don't know shit. And this and then Brian's going to kind of confess, like, it's going to be a similar type of story where instead of sadly and embarrassingly describing how he failed shop class and then, you know, tried to bring a flare gun to school, it's going to be something of like, you know, I, I took shop because it was going to be an ECA and keep my grade point average up. And then these, you know, tools who were always messing with me for no reason, they like smashed my elephant lamp the day I was supposed to turn it in and I couldn't fix it in time and I got an F and I can't live with an F, you know, like, not as quickly as I'm kind of rushing through it, but, right. you know, just kind of have him go off in his little speech where he's talking about how he didn't make a mistake, like smart kid trying to do well in like a dumb kid class. But because we introduced these bullies, it was more of like they either broke his lamp or maybe like their lamps worked perfectly and mine didn't fucking work. And these meathead apes can make a lamp work, but I'm, you know, in, in, in the physics club and I can't make mine work or, you know, whatever his motivation was to kind of snap on these guys. Right. I kind of like the idea of having them break it just because like having, having been a nerd, you know, like when, when I was younger, like there were, there were definitely times that I had projects ruined by assholes. Um, Same. You know, it's like I remember one in particular, uh, a drawing project that I was working on for I want to say it was 11th grade. Uh, yeah, because it was advertising design. And um, one of the fucking assholes that went to my school, like purposely spilled a soda on the drawing. And it was like, well, fuck you, dick, yeah, you know, because I, I was working on it in, in lunch, you know, and it was like I was sitting by myself doing that. And dude was like, oops, you know, and mm-hmm. fucking knocked it over. Um, I mean, granted, to, to, to be fair, like, thankfully, I wasn't that far in, but <laughs> it still pissed me off that it was like there oh, was a couple yeah. hours of work, you know, just because someone wanted to make a fucking joke for his friends. So, yeah, I, I think that that's that's a a believable, um, you know, scenario where it's like the the people who were constantly picking on him, you know, they take it a step too far and end up fucking with his grade because, like, mm-hmm. they thought it was funny. And it's like. Oh, sucks to be you, but really it's it's not it's no skin off our back type of thing. But they, they didn't know this dude was gonna fucking snap. <laughs> like and yep. uh and yeah, and Brian, maybe he can go on and like tell the story about his his family, about how you know the expectations are so high, 
the pressure is always on. Like if he even gets anything less than an A, like he gets grounded, you know, gets mm-hmm. locked in his room, all this guy. Like maybe it's like it's like borderline abuse, like mm-hmm. uh, expectations. So we could have that whole thing going back and forth. And and again, Brian being like, I, I like th- that you brought up the him talking about like, you know, what's going to happen on Monday? Like none of you, you, you won't even talk to me like that whole thing and have them like, you know, have Bender, like you said, try to stop him and have have Brian turn to Bender and be like, what do you think that you're in now? Do you think that they're going to like you? You're like, they're not going to like you. They mm-hmm. don't like people like us, you know, and he'll and have him look at like Claire and Andrew be like, tell him, tell him come Monday. You won't even fucking look at us mm-hmm. like we're no one to you. And then have Bender be like, that's not true, man. Like, that's not how they are. And have Claire put her hand on his shoulder and be like, actually, it is like. Mm-hmm. You all look, you all look up to us like that whole thing and like mm-hmm. do the whole like popular kid speech only to find out she's a killer, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She's well, in okay. on it. <laughs> yeah. OK. So I don't want to rush into it, but yeah, I'm 100 percent behind that. I think that's a great idea. Um, so during this whole, you know, like speech thing, maybe somebody says like, you know, well, we know like why you hated, you know, Freddie and the guys, but like Carl, like maybe Bender was like, you know, why fucking Carl, Brian, you know, like what did he ever do to you? And yeah. then and then maybe have Allison be like, wait a minute, like you were in that classroom. Didn't those guys kick your ass? Like that's when we find we found Carl in the cafeteria, you know, and Andrew's like, yeah, that doesn't really make a lot of sense, you know, and right. um, just kind of insert this, you know, and, you know, I'm not sure like where where that fits exactly with, you know, with what you just said about Claire, if we do it after the fact or before. But I kind of feel like it'd be interesting if there's a little bit of a suspicion before Claire is like, oh, shit, you got me, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, that's that is good. So, so yeah, before before the whole before the whole speech uh, that that where he does the whole like, you know, what's going to happen Monday, blah, blah, blah. Let's have like that mentioned, like maybe Allison mentioned she's like, you know, Brian, I understand that, you know, they were horrible to you. They, they, you know, they beat you up all the time. Like they did, like no one would help you. I understand why you feel like you had to do something, but why, why Vernon? Why Carl? You know, and then maybe Andrew be like, wait a second. Like he wasn't with us when we found Carl, like he was getting beat up by the, you know, by these guys and have, you know, have that whole back and forth. So yeah. So like you said, add that little layer of like, oh wait, who killed Carl? You know, yeah, yeah and, and maybe it could just be this just misdirection where like before Brian even gets to respond to those suspicions, maybe have Bender just like walk up to him. Like I feel like Bender would give him that stare right into his eyes and just be like, Give me the gun, Brian. Give me the gun, Brian, and just start walking at him. And Brian's gonna freak out and react to that of like, oh what, Bender? Like you you're just gonna take the gun. You think you're so fucking cool? You think you're so cool now you're gonna be in the group with these guys now? Like on Monday, they're gonna, you know, just welcome you in with open arms and you're gonna sit at their cafeteria table. Is that what you think, Bender? Like you're so you know, you think you're such a badass, you know, and it kind of like redirect the conversation back to that conversation and right. kind of kind of gloss over that suspicion and then exactly to your point, you know, you know. Claire can be like, well, you know, you're there. He's kind of right. Like you all, you guys all look up to us, you know, and, and, you know, Andrew can say something like, you know, what the hell, what the fuck, Claire? Like that's some conceited bullshit. And she's like, no, it's totally true. You, you know, he looks up to us, you know, look at how desperate and sad he is that he brought a, he brings a gun to school and gets caught and gets put in detention. And then he decides to like, you know, murder these guys because he can't stand up for himself. And all he ever wants to do is like be a part of our clique. And he's so pathetic and poor, you know, and it's like, mm. Jesus, Claire, what a, what a bitch. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, and then maybe at the, this is where we find out, like have her, 
you know, maybe maybe have Brian like speak up and be like, oh, fuck you, Claire. Like, you know, and and have him like kind of almost almost like there's a level of camaraderie between the two of them. Um, like she's insulting him, but have him be like, oh, fuck you. You know, like, you know, you, you're not innocent in this either, you know, and then have her laugh and be like, well, Vernon had it coming. He liked to touch on all the little girls like that kind of like make a comment about how he would make passes or like smack the asses of the teens around the school because we already mm-hmm. implied that Vernon was making little creepy comments to her. Yep. So and have them there be like, go. that's when they realize, like, whoa, wait a second. You're in you're with him. And yeah. maybe like have her laugh about it and be like, like, why? It doesn't matter what I do. I can get away with whatever I want. And like and then have her give her whole speech about like how uh, no matter what she does, she, you know, it's perfect. How, how you know, she tried to get tried to get someone to notice that she was breaking the rules for months and no mm-hmm. one paid attention. And when she finally got in trouble for it, her parents felt bad they apologized to her you know they tried to make it up to her that she had to actually you know face the consequences of her actions she's like people like me don't like people like me don't have to face consequences like have her go on this whole diatribe about like how Mm -hmm. how perfect her life is you know so of course you know i didn't like them i didn't like i don't like any of you that whole thing and have a like basically show that she's just this cold like I don't, I don't know, uh, like ambivalent type of attitude. You know, that's that's the kind of I don't want her to be like vindictive or angry. Just, you know, kind of like she could care less. Yeah. She doesn't give a shit about these like little people. She was kind of pretending to and kind of slumming it by flirting with Bender a little bit. But she doesn't really care about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she uses people. And I think that this is going to kind of all come out. And I feel like Allison should look at her and be like, it was you then you killed Carl. And then Andrew's like, yeah, what'd you do that for? And of course, she's like, he walked in on me when I was, you know, teaching Vernon a lesson. What was I supposed to do? And she says it like, obviously, you know, like right. he, had to, he had to go. And it's yeah, I, I think sh- she's clearly a sociopath, you know, in the, yes. in the in the sense that she just has no empathy toward these other kids. And it's just all selfish. Brian is acting out of desperation and having like a breakdown. And, you know, re- but then we're finding out that there is this like psycho killer in their midst. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she's more of the Patrick Bateman of the group. She just doesn't care. Right. And it reminds me of Heather's, which hasn't come out at this point yet in like real time, you know, but uh, came, came out in 87, I believe. And Heather's there's a, a line said about how when Martha Dunstock tries to kill herself, it's like, oh, just one of like the losers trying to emulate the cool kids, you know, <laughs> it's yes, like something, yes. and I want Claire should say something along those lines of like, you know, look at Brian, like he wants to be me so badly that, you know, he look, look at what he's resorting to, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it, no, that this is awesome. But now of course, what do we do? I feel like, I feel like Bender needs to be the hero, at least when it comes to Brian, you know, or maybe he turns on Claire, but you know, I feel like he's going to be the bravest one, mm-hmm. at least mentally whereas andrew is going to tackle one of them to the ground like i think that needs to happen right i i think what like during that whole speech where claire is like you know insulting brian and 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 basically insulting all of them but like pointing the finger like look at him he's trying to emulate me like that and have like brian looking at her with that that shocked look that anthony michael hall gets you know (laughs) that like mouth agape eyes wide head slightly tilted to the side like and have him fire two rounds into the ceiling and go, hello, 
I got the fucking gun here. Like, <laughs> and have like when he shoots, like everybody except Claire jumps. Yep. Like every everyone's like, Jesus Christ, like jumps back. And Claire's just kind of smirking at him like, oh, Brian, like, you know, you're <laughs> so sad, like that type of a thing. Um, So we could just show she's fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, OK. So right here while she's doing that and Brian's kind of staring at her like, shit, I couldn't even startle her with my fucking gun. Have Bender walk up kind of behind Brian. He puts his arm up over Brian's hand where Brian has the gun. Brian kind of instinctively cowers and, you know, uh, flinches and Bender just takes the gun and just eyes on Claire the whole time, like deadlock stare. Like he just takes the gun from Brian, you know, kind of moves Brian out of the way. Maybe have Andrew grab Brian, like lock him up in, in like a wrestling hold, like while they're standing, you know, one of those, uh, those Mm -hmm. like submission holds, but now Bender's got the gun. He's pointing it at Claire and it's just like, okay, Claire, where are the keys to the locks? We're getting out of here, you know, and and, yes. and she's just staring at him like, what are you going to do? You're going to shoot the popular girl like you're already the criminal. No one's ever going to believe you that it was me if you know. And of course, she's going to play the mind games with him, you know, like even if they say anything, you know, again, who's going to believe you? You know, Bender, the criminal Bender, the permanent, you know, detention, uh, you know, loser, you know, Bender, the delinquent, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of trying to turn it back around on him. Like, what are you going to do? The same, just like she was doing with Brian a minute ago. Right. And yeah, no, I, I think like she, again, showing no fear and, and like Brian, you can tell like, you know, yeah, he, he definitely, he snapped. Um, but his, his snap wasn't like, I just want to kill people. His snap was like, I'm, I've had enough. Um, and you know, he's clearly ill, but, uh, you know, and crazy. Whereas she's just like a fucking sociopath, like you said. Um, so I kind of like this dynamic between like one is a true villain and one was a made villain. Um, you know, but, but yeah, have Bender threatening her and have her kind of like laughing at him and being like, you're going to get blamed for this anyway, no matter what you do, like you're getting blamed. Mm -hmm. She's like, no one will believe that it was any of us. Like, all of these bodies are going to be blamed on you, Bender, the, the the perpetual criminal. And have Bender just look at her and be like, you're right. And just shoot her. <laughs> yeah. <that's awesome. laughs> and have her, like, laying there, like, he shoots her in the chest. And have her just, like, gasping for air, like, I, what, what, what did you do? <laughs> like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. (laughs) And have him crouch down next to her and be like, you're right, Claire. I'm the criminal. No one's going to believe that it wasn't me. Like, but they're getting out of here. And then, like, they leave her for dead. Like, just (laughs) get up and walk away while she's bleeding out on the floor. (laughs) And then, yeah, like, we could have, like, all, like, we could have Bender, Brian, Allison, and Andrew, like, head toward the door and Bender just fucking shoot the lock off. Mm-hmm. And have them walk out and have, and this is where we, we could even mimic the like whole thing of like Bender putting his fist up in the air at the end, but have mm-hmm. like the fucking cops showing up because there was gunshots heard coming from the school. Yeah. Uh, so the cops are showing up as like the kids are all coming out, like into the daylight, you know, they're covered in blood. Like they're all looking fucked up and have Bender drop the gun and just raise his arms. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then, oh, yeah, we I can have, it the cops arrest them and we could even we could do like the stand by me ending where we explain like what happened to everybody and be like you know bender you know even even with the testimonies of andrew and allison 
Bender still got five years in prison. Like he was still found guilty for, you know, like they, they trumped up some charges, like even though he, yeah. he killed Claire um, and then ha- have like, you know, we, we could talk about like, you know, uh, Brian what was uh, he was brought to a mental facility, like a mental health facility where he's still at to this day. Like apparently one of the brightest, uh, the brightest uh, um, uh, patients they have, like one of those types of things. <laughs> Uh, have like Andrew, you know, gets off the the wrestling team, like you know, it's like fuck this, fuck these stupid clicks, and he ends up like dating Allison, and we find out like what he really wanted to do was be a writer or something like that, like you know, mm-hmm. he's something creative that he like couldn't let himself do because everyone had these like jock expectations on him, which is one of the reasons he got violent in the first place was because he had to like tamp down who he actually was, you know? Yeah, no, like- that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love it. And uh, that voiceover can be similar to the essay that we hear Brian narrate. Yes. Or, yeah, exactly. But yeah, similar to, you know, it, it's like you start. So you start to hear Emilio Estevez's voice and he's just going to explain, you know, yeah, you know, and in the end, Claire was right. Bender didn't get away with it, you know, and and just explained that, you know, they, they didn't. They didn't pin the other murders on him, but, you know, he shot Claire and, you know, they, they you know, he, he ended up, you know, going away for, you know, five to seven or whatever. And yeah, just exactly that. Let, let it be Andrew who's kind of telling the story. And, you know, and Allison, well, you know, she turned out just OK. You know, and, and you know, we kind of see them and, you know, he throws his arm around her and, you know, they're on, they're on a date or whatever. Or maybe he's like looking at like an acceptance letter to college, you know, and as for me, like I got into college and I didn't even need that scholarship. You know, I did it on my own or. Or, you know, I, I wrote uh, or, I, you know, I wrote, you know, a story for the paper about what happened at the school. And, you know, I found my true calling and, you know, in, in writing and journalism or, you know, whatever. I, I yeah. can't write it right now, obviously. But I think but, that that would be a really cool way to to change the the voiceover at the end. Yeah. No. And I, and I like that having him like do something other than what was expected of him, you know, mm-hmm. and, and for have sure. it's a good idea and, and have Allison, you know, like she was she was the the, the basket case, the weirdo. And like, you know, just went through a traumatic event, but she still, you know, she kept her shit together, you know, and she's like, she's the two of them are happily dating. And like, you know, she she's not as, as fucked up as everyone thought she was. And, you know, meanwhile, the the, the popular kid couldn't hack it. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or, and maybe he could even be something really corny of like, you know, Allison, like she finally got caught stealing my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> see the two of them at a little at a little uh you know coffee shop date type of thing yeah yeah it'd be fun yeah i definitely would like to see that you know bender yeah you know he goes to jail for shooting claire he didn't because he didn't have to but you know he chose to and that makes perfect sense but you know he's gonna he's gonna be okay but yeah i can definitely think it'd be cool if we get to see andrew and allison who had them kind of break out of their their roles and i think that that makes sense with how they're portrayed in the real version of the movie because at the end of the movie Andrew and Allison, I think, had the biggest character arc in terms of they don't act the same way at the end of the movie as we saw them at the beginning of the movie. Right. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of stupid that Allison had to have like a girly girl makeover, but I think it was kind of cool that they 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 both got to change. Bender and Brian and Claire didn't really change. They kind of end the movie being the same but just understanding each other better but i think andrew like he's gonna go home until his daddy's quitting the team you know like i I feel like he's learned something from this oh absolutely and and quick quick side note about the actual movie um one of the things that always irritates me and like really irritated me on this watch just watching it critically is how even after everything they go through as a group even after everything like all the discoveries all the stuff that they've you know they've kind of learned about each other 
even then Claire still like is like, well, Brian, you're going to write the essay, right? There's no reason why all of us have to. It's like you entitled little jerk. <laughs> like yeah. it just it, it pissed me off. Like it made me really dislike her character. <laughs> I already didn't really like Claire, but I'm like, man, you know, you're a you're a jerk. And also, Allison, I got to say, uh, pre-Makeover Allison, I definitely found way cuter than Makeover Allison, except for the dandruff. The dandruff was gross. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely think her, she definitely looked way better before, you know, that, that sort of proto-goth look was a much better look for her. I thought she was cute as hell, but she was fucking gross. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing, like the gross out of like, nah, nah, I can't do that. Can't follow you there. <laughs> yeah. she, with the amount of dandruff she, like, I get it. Everyone gets dandruff once in a while. We all get dry skin. But that was a fucking lot of dandruff. That was yeah. gross. Yeah, according to the IMDb trivia, that was Parmesan cheese. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looked like it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, but she was the the kind of like weirdo, artistic, you know, gothy and, uh, you know, gothy girl. And she had, I think, what, a Prince record at one point that she pulls out of her bag. So she had yeah. like, you know, good taste in music. But I think that, you know. Again, with the 80s stereotypes, they were kind of putting her in that, oh, you're you're the ducky. You're the arty character of this movie, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I think that that makes a lot of sense. But, yeah. OK, so I think it took us a while to kind of figure out how to put all of the chess pieces on the board. And, like, I've personally never written a mystery before ever. I don't think I've ever really tried to. So mm-hmm. I was, like, nervous going into this, thinking, like, this sounded really fun. Like, yeah, The Breakfast Club is a murder mystery. But then mm-hmm. when we actually hit record, and started talking i'm like ah shit <laughs> like I don't... <laughs> yeah I, i'll be honest that the main thing i had trouble with is the fact that there are so many players and it was like the, the trying to remember like okay we got to make sure to take this person off the board we got to take this person off the board like and i was trying to like keep all that straight in my head and that was that was tough yeah, yeah, and trying to do that in a way where it didn't seem just kind of silly of like, they're together, they're apart, they're together, they're apart, and <laughs> right. making it kind of, you know, cartoony, while at the same time remembering like where everybody was and giving everybody an opportunity to like be a suspect. That's why I immediately zeroed in on the fact that like when Andrew and Jay see Freddie get killed, it's like the first thing I thought was, oh shit, Andrew's not a suspect anymore because I was focusing so hard on like, you know, don't let anybody make any like decisions or don't let anybody do anything that's going to make it obvious that they are, aren't the killer. It's got to be as you know vague as possible for as long as possible. But mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think we did. I think ultimately we ended up telling a story that I was happy with. I've only personally written like one or two uh, murder mystery scripts and they were definitely more in, in like straight up like horror vein, like, like this obviously it was a horror, but like, those were like violent horror, um, you know, like where, where people were getting burned alive and shit, um, you know, and, and, and like and they're hard. It's hard to do. Like, I feel like and, and I know, you know, the one I'm talking about, I don't want to uh, give it away here, but because um, <laughs> yeah. uh, because that that will be I, I will reveal it sometime soon. Um, but yeah, that that one in particular, the, the script that I, that I had you read um I I had a hell of a time trying to keep, you know, who the 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 villain was under wraps, you know, while trying to put other red herrings in the way. It's hard to do. So, like, trying to improv it on the fly was definitely like, oh, fuck, how are we doing this? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. That was the challenge of the episode for sure. That's exactly right, is how do we tell a story to the people listening to this podcast 
where we're not just deciding at the beginning, like, okay, Brian and Claire are going to be the killers. Like, how do we make that work? Like, we're trying to still tell a story. And while it's a little meandering and it's a little, you know, atypical of how you typically have somebody like tell you a spooky story because we're just making this shit up. But right. at the same time, it was like, fuck, man, like, how do we get there? And it's, and we can't even just like really talk to each other. I mean, yeah, we talked offline a little bit and kind of tried to, you know, figure out what tone we wanted to set or, you know, kind of go through some what if scenarios. But at the same time, you know, we weren't just like, OK, you know, th- here's here's how we're going to kill everybody. Like we were we were just literally making it up like we always do so like mm-hmm. that's the challenge and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't you know this one was a tough one but i think ultimately we got there um yeah and and i will say the other script that you wrote that you're talking about i read the script because you asked me you know to be like a first reader give you some thoughts on it and as i'm reading it in script format i didn't know who the villain was for a, a while like a good long while and i thought that, that was pretty cool so yeah it definitely it was successful i will say uh, and yeah i'll i'll be looking forward to to more of that <laughs> <laughs> i i do i do have a a new one sketched out like i have a couple of notes <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh it probably won't see the light of day until early next year at the at the at the soonest uh, just cuz everything else that's going on for the rest of the year i'm like i don't think i'm going to get to that anytime soon <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot going on the rest of the year. Like even with this show alone, we have some holiday specials coming up. And I already mentioned like a big, you know, spooky season this year. We're doing multiple episodes because fuck it. We're just going to be self-indulgent and have fun with it. Hell yeah. Um, So the next episode after this, we decided we're going to return to a similar format like what we did with our late night double feature picture show. Our recent episodes where we did the Vango Bus of Death and Hot Garbage. Uh, (laughs) Because it hasn't been that long, really just a few episodes since we did it. But Jesus, it was so much fun. And we had so many more ideas that I was like, you know what, fuck it. We have a couple of Hollywood properties that we want to riff on for Spooky Season. So let's just do a couple of our own, like for funsies. And we got a lot of really good feedback on those so we are going to return in the next episode with the first of another two-parter where we improv off uh, of one of our own ideas but this one's going to be a completely original idea it won't be based on anything not even vaguely based on a weird late 90s pop song (laughs) (laughs) this this will just be pulled right out of the ether yeah, exactly. Right out of the ether. And so we'll do the same thing where we'll do an episode for your idea and then we'll do another episode for my idea. And, you know, people can tell us what they think of both of them or, you know, who did better and not really a competition so much. But at the same time, it's fun to kind of see if we can one up each other. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so and, that's going to be really fun. The feedback. I don't know what your feedback has been, but the feedback I've received, uh, it's pretty neck and neck. Like I've had uh, some really good friends tell me that they absolutely loved both but hot garbage was like clearly the winner of the, like the <laughs> one that they preferred um one in particular was because they said that the the, the frank henenlotter vibes that we we matched with that episode was <laughs> definitely their cup of tea Sure. Um, and then and then another friend was telling me that uh, they they really enjoyed just the concept of a killer dumpster like it was cracking them up. So <laughs> but then I also had some other friends be like, oh, my God, the Vegabus, like I, I could picture the whole fucking thing. I was cracking up the whole time. So it's like we got really good feedback on those episodes. And I know I speak for both of us when I say that we had a fucking blast uh, doing those episodes. So, yeah, I think that because of the feedback and because of how much fun it is, this is just going to become a regular part of the show where like, yeah, we'll still improv. We'll still riff on existing properties. We'll still do everything that we've always done with the show, but 
every once in a while, we're going to throw some original stories at you just because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree. And the only reason we're doing it so quickly after the last round is just because we had so many ideas and it was like, oh, I don't want to wait any longer. And mm-hmm. be- because you and I both had an idea for a story that was kind of a spooky story, it works perfectly for, you know, spooky season. So I said, like, fuck it, we'll just put it back in the schedule. But yeah, I had really, really similar feedback. And, you know, I won't rehash it because it was so close to what you were just talking about. But yeah, very similar. People really liked hot garbage because of the overall tone and kind of how ridiculous it is in terms of (laughs) like, how do you make a dumpster taste a guy? (laughs) You know, but (laughs) was at the same time? Whereas, yeah, for the, same, for the same reason with the Vega Bus of Death, it was like just such a ridiculous idea that led to like a pretty solid story, you know, so yeah. I was I'm really proud of both of those. So, you know, we'll, we'll pat each other on the back a little bit. But yeah, so we have those two coming up and then we'll go back to some like, you know, Hollywood movie and TV properties that we'll riff on and we'll just, you know, we'll run right into the Thanksgiving season and the, you know, Christmas holiday season. So basically most of the rest of the year here at Raysville Rentals is going to be specials of some kind, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, where it's like, hey, if everything's special, nothing's special, but fuck you, they're all special. (laughs) (laughs) They're all unique. (laughs) They're all all unique snowflakes, but yes, so. Thanks for tuning in this time to the Raise for Rentals program. Thanks for tuning in for every single other episode after this. And you better be there. I know who you are. <laughs> uh, and make sure you listen into the Boogeyman's Closet. Make sure you listen into Count Creepyhead Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Make sure you listen into all the other podcasts that are involved with the Rad Pantheon, like So It's Come to This, the Simpsons Family Podcast, and Heretic Party. And check out radpantheon.com to check out all the other awesome artists and musicians and all the other creative friends we have that just support each other and we like to talk about cool rad stuff so if you're looking for makeup if you're looking for t-shirts you're looking for you know a a musician you're looking for theme music whatever check out redpantheon.com there's definitely some cool shit there and as always thanks again if you had fun with us visit us on the socials drop us a line leave us a comment leave a podcast rating tell us what you think we should improv improve next time and with that i'm josh i'm mike and we have to return some videotapes Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories straight off the top like Chop Top's Flap Top. I fucked it up. Fuck, let me do that again. God, I said <laughs> Flap Top. I was going to say – I guess Flap Top kind of makes sense, but I was going to say Flat Top. <laughs> All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories straight off the top like Chop Top's Flap Top. <laughs> I did it again. Fuck. <laughs> I can't say that. It's like a fucking – it's like a tongue twister, man. Shit. <laughs> I say top too many times. Straight off the top, top like top, Chop flat Top's top. Flat Top. Fuck. That's right. hard to say. It is. Shit. All right. It also doesn't help that I, like, left off one of the words. I was, like, trying to fix it in the middle of it. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era and improv new stories straight off the top like Chop Top's Flap Top to imagine the fuck. I I wasn't going to say it, but I'm like, you said flap. (laughs) Oh, God damn it. All right. Last time. Last time. (laughs)
Okay. All right. <laughs>